Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast, Temple Archives Books Into the Dark. My name is Noma, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. Hello. And Ed. Hello. Hello, hello. Is that a question? <laughs> it is both. It is. So, uh, speaking of podcasts, Ed, do you mind telling the listeners what this podcast is all about? Absolutely. So on Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. Right now, it's going to be book. We could do comic books. We could do movies. We could do TV shows. It just depends on the media at the time. But we summarize the story for you. We tell you how it relates to legends or canon material or both. Sometimes that happens. Uh, we have a little mini discussion on it. You know, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we found interesting, what was new, what was another rehash, something, whatever it could be. We let you know. And then finally, unless we do it from the start, we do tell you where it fits into the timeline. This could be High Republic, it could be Old Republic, it could be Empire era, it could be Resistance era, whatever the media is, we let you know. Exactly. And uh, now, before we get into Into the Dark, Dan, do you mind telling the listeners how they can get in contact with us if they have any thoughts or questions or comments? Yeah, it's I can't I can't really see. It's it's too dark in here. I I feel like it's really humid. It seems like there's plants everywhere. I don't. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me just move these plants for a second. Don't touch them. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. That's our website where you can find all of our episode posts as well as our shop and anything that you want to comment on there. You can let us know what you thought of the episode. We do post contests on there from time to time when we have those. Uh, we also have our email address. It looks like voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Scrolled on this wall in some sort of weird Orabesh like writing. You can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram slash voiceforcepod or at voiceforcepod. If you go there and retweet or repost our new episode tweets, it does help with our growing listener base and it is very much appreciated. Don't forget to listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility and helps other people find the podcast. And remember, if you subscribe, that is free. I'm going to put some emphasis on free. You don't have to pay a single penny. And when you subscribe to the podcast on the, your podcast platform of choice, you get the newest episode as soon as it releases on your device. As long as you're connected to the internet. Turn on that data, guys. Turn on that data. Again, it is a free Remember to listen to the outro to find out what we'll be covering in the next episode of Temple Archives. All right. And now that we've finished uh, shilling ourselves out, let's uh, <laughs> oh. let's get into the book. Guys, I think that plant's moving. Oh, God. Yeah, no spoilers or anything. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark. The author of this book is Claudia Gray, and the cover artist is Giorgio Baroni. Hopefully I said that right. The cover is kind of standard, but it is still very nice. Is we get Jojo two Rappers? of the main characters. Giorno. <laughs> so close. Close to a Giorgio. It is actually Giorgio, so he might be a Jojo. But uh, yeah, on the cover we have the two two of the main characters here. We So we've got uh, Wreath Silas, and we've got Affy behind him. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a nice look at actually seeing what Jedi and uh, non-Jedi look like in the High Republic. And we've also got that classic bulkhead door behind them. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice cover. I like, the, but, I like the pale colors they used for it. There's not much of like a vibrancy apart from the white lightsaber in the center of the lightsaber. Mm. But everything else is just 
kind of not muted, but it's like that that pale palette, I guess they used. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's got that kind of slightly older school type of paint style, right? Like it almost yeah. looks like it was done with oil painting. So. Like a portrait painting yeah. that someone did. You get that effect from the the steam and smoke coming out of the bulkhead, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I like it. It's a nice cover. Yeah. So with that being said, let's head into the synopsis. Jedi Padawan, Wreath Silas, prefers studying and learning rather than adventuring in action like most Jedi. When his master, Jor Mali, reveals to him that they will be moving from Coruscant to the Starlight Beacon in the Outer Rim, Wreath is devastated. Little does he know that his journey to the station will test him, along with his Jedi companions, like never before. Alright, so that was our nice short summary of Into the Dark. So now we'll move on to the uh, non-spoiler discussion. So uh, what were you guys' overall thoughts on Into the Dark? Dan, what did you think? Sure. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a little hard to get into at first. I find that, I don't know if it's the audiobook format that I listened to through or, you know, if I read it, it might be different. But I found that it's hard to get in for the first few hours of, like, who these characters are because when they introduce them, they introduce them, you know, with their name and then what they look like, but they never really describe what they look like again. And so once you know their names, you kind of have to remember what they look like. So if you don't have a picture of them or something, it's really hard for at least for me to remember. That's not just this book. That's m most of the audiobooks that I've listened to. This specific with the, the plot and the characters and stuff like that, I felt like there was enough tension and enough side story, I guess, that it definitely kept my interest going through to see like, okay, I thought something was going to happen here or when is something going to happen? Like... Everything seems to be going okay, or whatever it is. There's always that little bit of suspense, I guess, and a lot of intrigue into different parts of the Force, I guess. I, I really enjoyed the characters. The overall story was actually quite interesting, and yeah, I would, I would, I would say that this book is is definitely a good listen or a good read, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Uh, Ed, how about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. You know, it's it's funny, Dan, you should mention the whole can't remember what they look like sort of thing. There's a couple characters where I can think of what they look like on the top of my head. But yeah, a lot of them looking back on it, it's just like, oh, yeah, huh, I guess I kind of made a picture for you in my head and just it may not have been the same thing as they described, right. which is really funny because you read other books like <laughs> I got to bring this one up, no, like Ravener and <laughs> And throughout that whole series, up until mm. a point, like, you know what Zeph Matthewin looks like. Oh, yeah. Because, because <laughs> Abnett tells you every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> and it's like, to the point where as soon as I heard his name, I was describing him alongside the audiobook. Like, I, I didn't have to take a breath, no, a pause. I was just like, yes, mm. and there was Zeph Matthewin, who was, <laughs> and like, it was like that. So it's really interesting to think about that in hindsight. Mm -hmm. um but yeah i really enjoyed this it had that feel of this isn't your book of a typical hero who's going off and like you know swinging the saber and saving the day and defeating all in front of them it's like not because he's a padawan not that backseat kind of style because we know a lot of padawans like ahsoka who go off and do crazy things on their own sometimes mm -hmm. um this was more of like a I don't bring Log Horizon into this and just yeah, any yeah, think yeah. of any anime where you have or any show or book where you have somebody who's more book smart and more 
of a scholar Vernestra. than a warrior. Yeah, like Vernestra, but Vernestra is different. She's, yeah, she's, she's a level. Sasuke. Yeah, she's, an, she's, she's, a, she's the Sasuke. She's going to just go whatever and do whatever she wants. She's Tensai everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't rate I don't rate Vernestra with this. It's It's more not even underdog it's just if you want a story of somebody who's not the first one to jump into a battle who's the one who likes to stand back and think about what they're doing in the in the field Mm. yeah and i think the inexperience was hand in hand with that because that develops along the way but in a way that still fits the style of a of a scholar Mm. at that point that's Mm. without spoiling anything like they you know it's like oh you know he pulls the Sherlock. Yeah, I can identify like three thousand different types of ash or whatever. It's that type of hero, and it's an interesting read. And it's a good after you read like Light of the Jedi and Test of Courage, where you get those type of heroes and type of heroes that show up in big moments like that. It's good to see this kind of story. Um, it's a really feel-good story for all people who, you know, may not feel like they're the best at what they do, but they try and they mm-hmm. work hard. Like that is, this is the perfect book yeah. for those kind of readers. You're saying that he's a try-hard. Come on, no, he man. works. Yeah, I know, he I know, works I know. for his all his stuff. Yeah, that's that's all I'll say. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that as well. Because yeah, to Ed's point, Reed kind of reminded me about halfway through the book of, and not quite as as smart, but like a younger version of like Sherlock Holmes almost in the Star Wars universe because it's sure. he knows so much right and he he's able to to apply a lot of that, uh, book learning to certain situations that they come into yeah. so yeah I thought that was pretty neat and uh, yeah this whole book in general we'll get into this soon with the spoiler stuff but I was very surprised at a lot of the themes and kind of the tone of the book it's like you guys were kind of saying it's it's a lot more I don't really want to say necessarily darker but a lot more suspe- uh, suspenseful, and it's a big change from Light of the Jedi. Yeah, which I it's think I, I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. got more of a dark tone to it. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I actually I like this uh, more than Light of the Jedi. But I don't think that that's necessarily Light of the Jedi's fault because Light of the Jedi has to set up the entire High Republic, right? Yeah. And my biggest problem with Light of the Jedi is the beginning is very very slow compared to Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. But you know. That makes sense because we have to understand how the Senate works in the, yeah this time period and how the Jedi work and what their threats are and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, as opposed to Into the Dark where we can just jump right in because mm-hmm. everything's already been established. So I think that's part of the reason I, I like this book a little bit more. But again, they're both great books. And honestly, I'm, I'm really impressed with High Republic so far because all the books have been have been good. You know, there haven't really been any duds that I've, I've seen so far. I keep saying so far, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because High Republic is a great jump point, but it can only get better from there. Mm-hmm. Because you now you can get specialized stories like the ones, the couple that we've had so far after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for both you and I, at least, this is the type of specialized story we wanted to see. I was expecting it later in the series timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a very refreshing. I was like, okay, the, be it the first one I had to listen, to, I did listen to, I should say. It was just like, this was, I'm glad this was the first one I listened to and read the others just because. I didn't have voices in my head or anything like that, but it was all like I knew who these characters were and Mm -hmm. I can remember what they're doing as certain conversations are happening. And it's like, okay, this is a great 
you know, episodic kind of piece because it feels like all all three of these happen at the same time. Mm. So it's it's good to see all these different aspects and different points. You meet a whole lot more Order members than we do in the original trilogy. Well, the oh, yeah. prequel trilogy, <laughs> yeah. which is surprising considering there are still a lot of them at that time so but it was so focused around a legacy that they couldn't do stuff like this so this is really refreshing as well just mm-hmm. to see your day-to-day jedi not just your like tier five heroes going out to do their job yeah 100 percent. and you know with this one as well we also get to and again I'll, I'll be very light on this but we get to see like you were saying right a couple of threats develop that we thought weren't going to be shown for quite a while and uh, they do a good job with them, I think. Right? We we've between this stuff and the Nihil and all this kind of stuff, we're getting, a, I think, a very nice picture of how High Republic's shaping up to be, and you know what kind of threats we're going to be finding in the future. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that aside, I think I'm correct when I say that all three of us recommend Into the Dark. If you like Light of the Jedi and Test of Courage, then you're going to enjoy this book as well. Well. With that being said, I think we're just about done here, so let's head into the spoilerific discussion. So here's your spoiler warning. From this point on, we're going to be talking about everything that happens inside the book. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then I would definitely recommend pausing here, going and reading Into the Dark or listening, and then coming back so you can enjoy this spoilerific discussion. So, now that we've warned everyone against spoilers... Uh, yeah, the plot of this book, man, a lot of stuff happens. <laughs> that first plot that happens at the beginning of the book? Right. Like pirates? Well, it's, Wait, what? It's really interesting. Yeah, no, you know, at this point we've seen, what, three different interpretations of what happens when the legacy run goes down? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a small universe, I guess, because this one ship we've seen affect so many people Mm-hmm. And like a few who have connections to it or like that, like we hear Affy go nuts as soon as she realizes it's the legacy run. And it's like, well, yet again, here we go. How big mm-hmm. was this ship? I want them to do like a, a to scale sort of diagram of like, oh, know, here's yeah. a Star Destroyer. And then here's the legacy run just to show that, how uh, big the impact really was on hyperspace. That mm-hmm. the legacy run is the Toblerone in the Star Wars universe. You see in the shape of it, it looks huh? like a Toblerone. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's hilarious. Did they say that? I don't I mean, remember that. No, I've seen images of it, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's in those, like, the High Republic little shorts they do on the Star Wars channel. And it's oh, also okay. in the kids' book with Buryaga kids' book. Oh, oh my God. It looks oh, like a really? Toblerone. It looks like, Take a look you know at it. Looks like, it looks like a Destiny sniper rifle mu- muzzle oh, or something yeah, like that. sure, sure. Or a Halo something. It, uh, t- oh, that is oh not what God. I pictured yeah, at all. Nothing about what you thought it was. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that is ugly. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was based off the episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> lord. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the legacy run. But yeah, you're right. This is the third rendition that we've it's had. A flying of the, roof of the accident. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting because we get more exposition on the legacy run. Now we know what company it was part of because you know it's part of Affy's, well, the group that Affy works with. Her adopted mother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And her, guild. you know, her actual parents. Is it the binding guild? The bind, B Y N E. Bind guild. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I just kept remembering it is swap out the mine with a, you know, mine with a B. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I kept hearing mine guild and I was yeah. just like, you guys are into ore, but you never talk. About, you're talking about delivering. You never right. talk about actual mining. OK, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things. I really, really enjoyed the twists and turns because I didn't see a bunch of them coming like. It was interesting. They got me with a double twist because when they first show up and, you know, they're they're the at station? a Maxine station and they, they mm. see all the other ships, they start describing like, oh, yeah, the one that's hailing us. It looks like a, a bunch of other ships that have been cobbled together. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that sounds like Nihil. <laughs> yeah, that didn't and... hit me at all. That went oh, right yeah. over my head. I, oh, it... So when they dropped that reveal, I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. And they went back and talked about it. I was like, oh, no, that makes I was so like, much yeah, sense, mad yeah. at myself. But, I was, but was so, so mad at myself. Yeah, and, and I had that same reaction, but for a different re reason, because I was like, oh, that sounds Nihil. And then they start talking and, you know, Nan and uh, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, OK, no, it's not, because if it was Nihil, they'd be they'd have raided all these all these poor bastards and, you know, yeah. taking them over or they'd be like an ambush or something like that. And they're clearly not. And especially with what happens on the station, right? I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, they're they're clean, they're clean. And then, yeah, then that that conversation happens. I was like, oh my god, I was good too. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was probably like, I listen to this when I'm you know, doing stuff or you know having a nap or something like that, and I'll put like a timer on. And sometimes mm -hmm. the timer goes a little bit longer than like since I fall asleep, so it's like 15 minutes extra that I don't listen to. And yeah. sometimes I try and rewind to find where I was or the last thing I remember, and I think I missed that part. So it was just like, before you lie down, dude. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so like I was I was listening to it and then I wake up and then all I hear is, yeah, when I go back to the Maxine station, I'm going to give Nan and and the other guy hey. a piece of my yeah, hey, a piece of my mind because they're Nihil. I'm like, wait, what? How are they Nihil? <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? Was there a reveal? I don't remember. But then, yeah, I rewound and I, I came back to it. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I, I, I found Hag so unthreatening. <laughs> Like Nan, I could see being a little bit more threatening, but Hag, yeah. he's like, I'm coming for you. Yeah, he, I got he's, my gun pointed at you and it's shaking all over the place. Yeah, it's an yeah. old man with a gun. Yeah. He's like, I'm great terrified of an old man with a gun. Can you imagine not. if he has Parkinson's or whatever? <laughs> did he, the did he trigger I, go, did he, I was did he say, The only time I've seen a threatening old man with a gun is uh, Gran Torino. But <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys find, I can't remember if Hag died. I, the last thing I remember is Hag being in the ship pointing the gun at the Jedi. And then there's like a comfort um, yeah, in there. Yeah, gun sliced up. I know yes. that. Yes, oh yeah, that happened. Because yeah. Orla just double-sabered him the fuck down. That's right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she... I, I can't don't remember if they him or killed, killed him. I can't him. remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't... killed him. The, if he the, died, the airlock thing yeah, exactly. killed him. Yeah. I was actually first. waiting for like one of those, like you know, like the Bloodborne cane sword where it can like whip into like a whip sword. <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting for that. Heg's going to be a badass. I was like, nope. Heg's not a badass. We're not dealing with the Yuzhan Vong, so you won't see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank God we're not dealing with the Yuzhan Vong. <laughs> I mean, speaking of, like, weird Almost. alien species, we get introduced to a new one called the Drangir, which I knew was coming in this book because of, you know, the precursor stuff to this and, like, the video they sent mm -hmm. out as this book released. It was about oh, okay. the, the Drangir, and they were like, oh, oh okay. on the Amaxine station and all that stuff. Oh, um, really? That's... Why would they do yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's big spoilers. That's counterproductive. Yeah, it was like, a little spoiler, but it was like that, a week after the book came the... out, so I can see why they would put it out then. No, even yeah, then. Even but... then. You do this like three months after the fact. Right, yeah, right. And then you give a big expose, and then you can talk about their about their home yeah. planet and their species mm. and what they are. You do all that deep dive like a well after the book's been it out. It was interesting, too, though, chance. because like they get, in, they get introduced to the Maxine Station, the Jedi, and Hag, mm -hmm. and you know, the vessel's crew. And like, there's plants everywhere. Like, oh yeah, this is where the Drenger are coming up. And then they leave, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where, well, where, yeah, where are the Drenger coming? Like, I know they're here, I, but like, where? I where the is same it? Re 
Yeah, I had the same reaction because yeah, when they first leave a Maxine station, I was like, oh, and then I looked at the time, I was like, half the book is left. Yeah. What? What's right? the rest of the book supposed yeah. to be? Yeah, and then they but, yeah, it all comes back around. They, they but, do a lot yeah, of interesting and... stuff with the dark side and those those statues, mm. like make, holding the dark side in on that place, which I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. I couldn't think, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, are the Drengear inside of the statues? And when they use the force to break the barrier, are they gonna like shatter and then these Drengear come out? Like, what's gonna happen? I thought it was like Medusa kind of scenario, you know? Pillar men. Yeah, that's right. all I was thinking. <laughs> that's all I was thinking. But they did. The twists and turns, Norma, like you were saying, this was great because when the whole Dez through the door thing happens. Oh, yeah, the the ejection. And speaking of Dez, I could only think, you know who I was picturing? Darth Bane Young because his name was Dez as well. So I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't dissociate those two. So all I could see was this huge bald guy with the Spanish accent. (laughs) I think this is like, when do you go evil? Yeah, but so when these like they uh quote unquote kill him off, mm. I was like, the f- I was yeah. I was starting to like I didn't know him well, but that's bullshit. And I was like, I felt robbed yeah. without really being robbed. Like it's like we have no investment in this guy. We met him in this book and then he died. Yeah. It's kind of like a oh why why even make him then if you were just gonna kill him all like that really pissed me off for a second. So I was just like, let me stop reading for a bit. Let me let me let me chill out. Yeah. And again, it was just the, you know, the way Claude Gray wrote this, it double red herringed me. That also double red herringed me because, yeah, I first saw it and they're talking. And especially when there's a part where Wreath is basically talking and he's like, yeah, Des is just, he's just a lot better than me in every way. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what, would, you know, I'm pretty sure he could, could kick my ass. And mm. I was like, oh, so you guys are going to be fighting at some point then. And then, yeah, that happens. My first reaction when that happened was, ah, he's not dead. Nah, this is yeah. this is something else. This is you and know, then they leave. He's, he's been <laughs> transported somewhere. Well, and then and then him and uh, Nan go and explore, and they yeah. find that you know they think he has been shunted out of the space. And I went, oh, oh shit, he actually is dead. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, oh, it's a horrible way to die and everything. It's yeah. just like, oh my god, you know, it was like you'd think because they weren't even at viewports all the time, so you really wouldn't have seen him just like kind of floating by, sort of. Yeah. It was like, oh god, yeah, no, yeah. he's he's done. Do you know what? The yeah, exactly. So I was like, like, oh man. Hmm? You guys know what the Maxine station looks like? No. Okay, so basically, if you look, if it's like imagine a, a yeah, globe a terrarium box, right? that's all like okay. transparent steel, and then there's two rings, I think, or two, three rings that go around that big, big globe, and like in the middle is where everything is basically happening, and then you have the rings that they were talking I, about. Mm, that seems weird to me because then they they spend all that time wondering what's on the lower levels. If it's made of transparent steel, couldn't they just look in it? Uh no, so the globe is transparent oh, steel, but there's the levels I of see. like the rings they were talking about. I see what you're oh, okay. okay. Picture, to... picture your mug where it has the ring on the top, ring in the middle, ring on in the bottom and then there's like a Orb. big globe in yeah. the middle. Okay, makes sense. It's huh, it actually looks quite good, but it's terrible. It's terrifying yeah. <laughs> seeing the, the plants kind of breaking all of the, through. All of the green, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Here, let me put the link. But uh, the Amaxine station is interesting. They're, uh, the Amaxine people were, you know, this new alien race that was introduced in apparently the, the Bloodline book with Leia. They talk about it in there. I didn't catch that until I looked it up and did a little bit of research. But hmm. they're, yeah, an ancient people that were overtaken by the Drengear, uh, which is interesting. Like, they said that the, the station here was, like... Oh, yeah, the station's got a crazy ability, right? The fact that it, they... Like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it can just transport you to any planet immediately. Well, Two as far as we pod, know. basically. Yeah, yeah, they, they, their escape pods basically send you wherever, which, 
makes a lot of sense. But yeah, that is it was yeah, it was crazy. And you know, like we're saying with oh, what was I saying beforehand? Oh yeah, no, just the double red herring again. But yeah, exactly right when he shows up again, and it was what I thought it was going to be, where he ends up you know fighting De- or fighting Wreath for a while. And I, I was I was just thinking like, oh man, this is. It's yeah, I don't know. It's so good. It's it's so interesting how everything kind of goes together. And then going off of that as well, man, the Drengear are not a joke. No, I, I didn't understand. Yeah, when when they first were talking about the Drengear, I was thinking like, how are these guys supposed to be scary? Right? Yeah, they're they're, plant they're yeah, they're big plant boys. And now that I've seen them in action, um, and I don't know if if you thought about this at all, but once I'd I'd seen what they could do, I was like, oh, so these are just the Gendai 2.0. Even scarier this time. They can regenerate. The, they got poisonous yeah, thorns. They can numb, it, give you adrenaline, some yeah, sort of weird poison. Dirge, well, half the reason Dirge was terrifying was just because you could cut him up with a lightsaber yeah. and he just regenerated. Right? That. That's a really die, good call. Yeah, basically, you have to launch him into a sun, atomize yeah. him. You want to kill him at this point. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and the Drengear are just that, but also with poison. And yeah. I don't think the Gendai eat people. Yeah, so these things just, only you know, eat meat, apparently. And they man, say that a lot. I, I was reminded of a Caleb City video as soon as that was. Oh I, yeah, <laughs> the, the sunflowers like I'm hungry. Oh, no, I want meat. It's like he eats the bee and he's like meat. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good, man. Right. <laughs> so when I heard that, I was like, we need meat. I was like, oh, they had to. They had to. What, what are you going to do with meat, plant people? What, what are you going to do? You, you're going to photosynthesize the meat? Right. How do you grow? How do you how do you work? That's how you know you could just say aliens and leave that as a description because that kind of took the scary away from me and turned into more of a funny, funny thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, you have zombie plant who wants to come eat you. Why? We can't explain it because we don't even know, but they'll eat you. The interesting thing, so, too, in the book is I didn't realize this, but throughout the adventure that they have in the Amaxian station, some mm-hmm. people get cut with the thorns, and those are, like, the things they cut themselves on are the actual... Yeah, the drain The drain gear yeah. that are just, like, stationary and in hibernation or whatever. Yeah, because it's Affy, right? She yeah. gets cut. Yeah, and, and I think... Uh, Jor- not, Jor- Jor- not Jorah Molly. Orla Jorani. I get those two uh, well, mixed up so much. She, Orla yeah, Orla never got cut. touched by anything. Didn't she she had her so she, pristine. She, she gets she gets cut, ankle. but she gets cut when they're fighting the drink. Yeah, she gets cut on the ankle. Oh so yeah, yeah. Her, yeah, her foot starts to go down or something. But speaking of speaking of her and Master Komak, man, I love Komak. It, I I was more terrified for them in those moments when they basically were helpless because yeah. they were having visions of, you know the. The, I guess the force barrier telling them, hey, you know, don't Leave mess with this. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take us down. And their response yeah, being, right? oh, this is evil. Would you take it down? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and them being so terrified at that point, like you have a knight and a master and mm. they're like shaken to their core by this. It's just like, yeah, right. Because you guys that. don't really have It's their any... past experience too that they jump between in the book, right? Mm-hmm. That too. And it's like, you guys don't have much experience with dark side stuff at this point in time. Nobody mm-hmm. does to really like have a good handle on it mm-hmm. but i was really happy to see throughout almost all the timelines that we've been through so far or, or time periods that we've been through so far prequel sequel when original. yeah when has the council ever gotten anything right <laughs> yes yeah, never never so to hear in this era where it's supposed to be their biggest stage that like no like they're telling us to basically what Jereni is like they're basically telling us to ignore the fort what 
-hmm. and it's all backwards and everybody everybody yeah. has questions and everybody's questioning them and everybody's going off like that's why yeah, okay, I don't know what the cancel. Or yeah, it was. just to get away, and yeah. that that was like, is it that bad? And then when she's going over the stories, like you know, the force was telling me to not some primal instinct, not anything like that. The force is saying, hey, that is what a you threat. Need to do. Yeah, that's yeah. what you need to do. You go take it. No, that's not how we do. So what do you do then? That was surprising because to your me. whole yeah, your whole job was to come here and stop this from happening. Yeah, yet mm -hmm. you chose not to because that's not what you do it's it's so contradictory and it's the whole assassin's creed thing where it's just like you know nothing is true everything's permitted whatever it is but we have all these rules of stuff you can't do so it's like mm -hmm. well then everything it, is not permitted everything yeah, is not permitted yeah so it's the same thing with these guys where it's just like oh you know yeah yeah the light and then komak had the best when he was like how can we how can we properly explore things like this that happen if we cut the force, which is its own thing, in half, mm -hmm. yeah. we separate yeah. it, and that's a violent act in and of itself to yeah. remove a part of the whole. It's starting to and get so, into yeah. that, like, I guess, Darth Nihilus stuff, right? In a way? Well, uh, well not really. He just wanted to consume everything. But that like that storyline yeah. in there where it's like the, the dividing of the force is like this huge plot point, right? Uh, oh, no, not, not in like, that aspect. Because uh, he, he actually just wanted to split and render it. And yeah. anybody that had force, he's like, I'm going to eat you yeah. up. Oh, okay. See, that was <laughs> I'm playing it. I'm playing yeah, I just remember you say, talking about it. That's why you need to play KOTOR 2, because it's, it's more nuanced than you think. I'm trying. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's down to that fundamental. And I, it reminded me of the Battle of Rusan, actually, where... Mm. You have yeah. the Brotherhood of Light and the Army of, or the Brotherhood of Darkness and the Army yeah. of Light. And at some point, all of them are thinking like, "Why are we even doing this anymore?" It's just like we're fighting forces. Your forces are dark is light. I'm light. You're dark. Now I'm dark because I'm thinking you're light. Are we in just some kind of like twilight zone now, where you know there is no light or dark. It's just this one mixed amalgamation of whatever this is. And that when I was thinking, it was like. You know what? Yeah, like, shouldn't the perfect sage have both knowledge of the light and the dark and balance them? And well, that way, like, you'd be the which is Ahsoka, in a perfect way. force. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. You know? So <laughs> that's, what like, that's what I'm hoping we get to see with more with Ahsoka, right? Cause, yeah, uh, it's just like, it, it should be knowledge for knowledge's sake, not mm. like, you know, like, it. yes, if you can temper the, like, the passions and the avarice and all that stuff that come with the dark side, with the serenity and the what's the fucking code i never know the jedi code as well so, so. <laughs> anywho there's no emotion there's peace there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. but you know what i'm saying yeah. right like, yeah that, that like monk-like state with your exactly passions, right? you this, should hit that zen this gets on an yeah. interesting and, point well with... sorry I, I i wanted to, yeah, to jump in as well because yeah comac i think comac is is right now my favorite high republic jedi because he's, he's got all these yeah, because he's got all these points that, you know, I I agree with on so many levels. Like, you know, like Ed was saying, where he's telling Reith at the end of the book, you know, we try to just have the light and not even look at the dark. But if we're doing that, we're ignoring half of the force. And how can we be truly enlightened if we don't at least look at both sides? Mm -hmm. And the other point he had that I thought was really good when we're, they're doing the flashbacks and he's talking about his master and he's saying, how am I How am I supposed to have no emotions and feel no connection to anybody? And then you stick me with a master for years and years and years, and I develop a bond with him, and I'm not supposed to feel anything when he dies. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to just And just on. that, yeah, that, rate, that anger and frustration that he feels. And I was thinking, like, yeah, it's, you know, for him or Obi-Wan or anyone. Yes. Yeah. It's... it's and yeah, it gets how like do amplified you, when he they don't have counseling classes per se or they don't yeah. teach you how to deal with any of this yeah, stuff yeah. they just you say trust in the force yeah, meditate the on force. It basically yeah yeah and, and we, it's we, just like that doesn't do anything 
yeah, we see what that looks like in episode three, right? When Anakin's going, I'm scared I'm going to lose someone that I love. And Yoda's like, yeah, just don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you tried not? And I'm just like, that's not help. (laughs) You're being so dismissive. It's no wonder. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, oh, man, thinking about it like that, plus all of Clone Wars, just makes so much sense why Anakin falls. Someone I really care about is in trouble. Yeah, just don't care about him. Just I mean, stop. Yeah, that's that's what they try to say is like don't don't care about somebody so then you don't have this conflict within yourself, right? Yeah. But yeah. there's there's a few I'll, points I wanted to go over quick. Um, yeah, just remind me about that Yoda point after everything because sure. there's something I want to say about that. But okay. let's continue. So there's there's a, a point of storytelling in general, which is like the more meta conversation here is, you know, storytelling back in the day with Star Wars Episode Four, Five, Six was good side, bad side. You know, light, dark. Mm-hmm. There is no in between really. And like you're either good or you're bad and you're doing good or you're doing bad and that's it. And then yeah. as we hit, you know, the prequel trilogy, we get the gray with, you know, Anakin's fall and like all these other questions that are coming up. And then like storytelling in general in, you know, our, you know, modern day has evolved from good I, to bad for bad guys having, you know, I just love gray. how you, you ignored the sequel trilogy and their terrible take on gray. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, but I'm just saying like in general, like there, there's a big shift in storytelling where it's not just good, bad. There's a dichotomy, but there's also like that middle line where everyone kind of steps in to figure out where they fit or what they want to do. And that's where Ahsoka really kind of bridges that gap. Right. Mm. And uh, with that, we're going to get better and more interesting Jedi and better and more interesting Sith and other like villains and stuff like that when they you know step there might be some nihil that we see that you know we saw in this one with nan she gives uh reese silas an out she said you can leave now because you saved my life i will let you Mm -hmm. go and if i see you again i will try and kill you like i will murder you right so like there is like that is like the the gray zone for the nihil because normally they would just kill you gas you and take your shit and and run right and Mm -hmm. blow up the ship the other point i wanted to make was i don't remember i'll come back to it <laughs> yeah just hitting on that one that's that's really individual though because yeah, yeah. he and reach says it he's just like you know what yeah nan ha- or i think it was jerenny it's like nan had that sense of honor but i don't try to put that to any other night yeah. you know, they just shoot you in the back as you're going going away yeah and, like, and it sucks Reith to suck was... you saved me oh well yeah and and you know wreath wreath has that same thought where he's like yeah okay so nan let me go i don't think anybody else is gonna yeah exactly but that's the, the thing, thing is we're you know the, yeah. we get this picture of the nihil where they're just murderous intent and that's what you said like oh nan and Hag must be nihil but then when they're not killing people right off the bat you're like oh wait what well the, that was the, survival though there's yeah, they well, the, taken on four jedi right well that that plus the strongest point that made me you know stop thinking they were not hill at all is when nan almost gets kidnapped right because yeah. at that point i'm going well you can't be not hill at this point you know you don't get put into this situation and yeah but still they were, be a fierce they were raider as armed as they normally are yeah, they first yeah. Came out, right which he says which like oh she's is... wearing like a bandolier now and like all this other stuff. yeah and, and now you can see her tattoos and and she's painted little lines on but man that point I think that's that might be one of the darkest points in Star Wars that I've ever read. Yeah. Like, and it, they do it really well because it's really vague. They, they really, yeah, it's it's very vague. But allusions to like underage child sex slaves is not something I ever thought I would hear in the yeah. Star Wars. Book. That was a pretty dark that, part. Yeah. 
Yeah, because well, yeah, that's for, your. For, oh, sorry, sorry I was just gonna say like for context for people who who don't know or don't remember. There's yeah, when Nan gets kidnapped, basically the person who kidnaps her says he says like there oh there's a market for like underage female slaves, but then when Affy's hearing it, she says oh it doesn't sound like someone who's saying we can make a profit on this. It sounds like someone who's saying I can't normally afford this. Yeah, but now I get it for free, and I was like wow, holy shit, yeah. that is yeah, and <laughs> yeah, which. You know, story-wise, it paid off a lot because then when Reed shows up to save her, I was like, "Kill him! Just, just do it now! Just annihilate this person, this man!" <laughs> yeah. But see, and I think I love that's that standoff good... too with the him cutting his hand off, and then that comes back yeah. for him because it was his first like actual encounter with an <laughs> evil person, yeah, the, right? Yeah. The flip side of that, though, I mean, granted, I you know, Reed didn't hear that guy say that, so I yeah. guess he 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 doesn't have the same drive. But he's going, "I feel so bad about it." I just yeah. keep replaying that moment. I was like, "Don't." You that's just, what humans would do, yeah, right? Just, that's what we would do mm-hmm. in, in that kind of instance. Yeah. Go ahead, Ed. See, and I think that's something they've done well that we haven't been exposed to truly in the uh, the other series where, like, Noah, this is your favorite um, tabletop group to play that you say is the scum, mm. right? Yeah, but yeah. You look, look at the heroes they have for it and look at the people we see. It's Hondo and all these funny guys yeah. and things. But we never see them when they're actually doing their work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't well, know how evil these guys can actually be and they're pirates they're raiders they're ultras and stuff like we see the nice ones or the civil ones when they have to be but when they're off doing their things and terrorizing people they never really showed us that so this was like yeah this happens yeah well and you've got a good point because one of the first times we see hondo he tries to sell ahsoka into slavery right exactly like that's one of his first openings before he becomes the lovable but I think that's yeah, the thing is we see like, oh, these yeah, situations. For, forget that. Just remember yeah. this. We see these situations where you know all these pirates and stuff are in contact with a Jedi or someone that's mm. way more powerful than them, and they have to play yeah, that funny. Yeah. I want to get out yeah. of your role, right? I did really like that. The fact that neither of the people understood what a lightsaber could do, and they kind of laugh at it. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, your yeah. light stick," and he's like, "Oh yeah. no, it will it will definitely cut off yeah. your arm." You, oh, you gonna yeah, you gonna hurt me with that pretend sword? And then yeah, the description that that is written afterwards, I really liked, right? Where it's you know slices through. It's a condensed version of what happens in the canteen in episode four, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. he's like, he doesn't know what's happening, and he's in shock, and then he feels all the pain from the nerve endings, yeah. and yeah. then he starts screaming, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Are you afraid now? And then the other guy just books it. Yeah, the right? big guys just like. like yeah. But dude, the audacity of this motherfucker after everything, after everything, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he caught my arm. How could you do I that? I love the What's fact wrong that Orla Jereni calls him on his shit. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah she, I love that. She's my favorite if we have yeah. to pick one for this. Because you're just like, what, are you kidding me? It's like, I'm yeah. fixing you up because, you know, that's kind of my job here. But don't think for a second that you're going to stay. Yeah. Or you can, but you'll you'll end up with a worse than this arm. So, yeah, yeah. go. Exactly. And I was like, oh. Good job. I love, I love that ultimatum. Get off or we kill all of you. I want to see the second. We'll push you off, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, there's, there's something I wanted to bring up because I don't know if you guys know. Ed might. Mm. So, Jedi Knight Des Ryden, who is Jerome Molly's first Padawan. Um, yeah. That's kind of like the mentor for Reef Silas. At the end of the book, it talks about him, you know, doubting the Jedi and like his whole, his whole conflict with, you know, being so cast into the dark side with the drain gear and being tortured and all this stuff. And then him uh, succumbing to it and fighting mm-hmm. uh, Reese Silas. And he then was, I guess, I think it was Reith goes up to him and he, he was going to ask him to be his master, right? Or something. And then he's like, actually I'm going to take the bearish vow. 
And the Bearish Vow is a very interesting thing that is introduced in at least canon that I know of, like modern canon, is in the Darth Vader, second Darth Vader series, when it's like year one Darth Vader, there's mm. a guy in there that has taken the Bearish Vow from the uh, Clone Wars era. And he's, you know, out in this Bearish Vow. He, you know, doesn't know what's happening really. And Vader has to face him. The Bearish Vow is like, yeah, in the book it explains like, it's a Jedi who goes into exile. So then you're basically meditating on the Force and really trying to build that relationship up with the Force. If you have, you know, somehow been disconnected or it's been somehow muddled by something like the dark side or whatever, and you really want to connect and, and do these things, the Bearish Vow is that what it is. Um, and you're basically like a Jedi by yourself in the middle of nowhere with nothing except you and the Force. And that's basically the focus that Des Rydan wanted mm -hmm. to do. And I thought that was a really interesting addition to his character because I really I really liked Des Rydan in the beginning. He was this, he reminds me of Quinlan Voss in a way. He's kind of like... A little bit swashbuckling. Yeah, a little bit suave, right? And mm. he his conflict, I think, really stood out to me with everything he went through and then eventually realizing he needs to take the bearish route in order to become what he wants to be and figure out what he wants to do with the force. Yeah. Speaking of like wreath and uh, Des, it, I don't know if it was from master and apprentice, but it made me feel like, do you remember when Dooku was talking? I haven't to, read um... the whole book. I mean, oh, God. Yeah. All right. All right. Is, I, if I it's a big spoiler, then don't, but if it's not, then no, it's, it's not, but Wait, I refuse. I, I Master won't Master Apprentice is a Qui-Gon Obi-Wan book, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've read yes. Dooku Jedi Lost. I haven't read the uh, full of uh, uh, Master Apprentice. Okay. Sorry. Then switching back to another character, my favorite character in this book, I wasn't expecting to be my favorite character because he seemed kind of annoying when he first showed up, but the pilot of the vessel, which is, you know, the ship that they're on the whole time, uh, Leox Giassi. Leox Giassi. Yeah, I actually really liked him by the end. I, I just I'm so used to the stereotype in Star Wars where if someone isn't force sensitive, they just don't care about yeah. anything force based at all. Mm. I think part of the reason I really like Leox was just a he he understands everything really well. Like every situation that they're in, he's able to just, you know, basically like look at it from a good perspective and, and basically figure out a good course of action based off what they're doing yeah. and he does try to teach Afi a lot and i thought those two were were both really good but also just having someone who is like oh yeah the force that's kind of cool i don't really know what this is about but yeah tell me because it's kind of neat and just kind of starts to get it right and mm -hmm. and just yeah. seeing him it's that stereotype i i always like the stereotype where it's like the guy looks and and acts like an idiot but he's actually you know smarter Super. than he looks yeah toby <laughs> yeah right so stuff like things like that toby is, is a little bit too goofy but yeah exactly right like it's that same kind of thing uh naruto references for anyone who doesn't know but i thought you were yeah, referencing so... the office i'm like oh what? you know no, Toby's <laughs> no! Just, that, one, that one's just said yeah. <laughs> i'm like what are you guys <laughs> no talking we don't about? want you here yeah. <laughs> oh my god but you know, when most people start, when most non-Force users get into arguments about the Force, it doesn't go their way, right? But so I love when Orla's like, hey, so I found your spice, and uh, this isn't, you know, you could get in a lot of trouble for this. Yeah. Like, Leox is just like, yeah, well... Um, totally legal. You know, no, well, A, the medicinal, but I, I just love when he goes, yeah, so uh, what other pilots want to go to a Maxine station with a bunch of dark side horrific objects yeah and she's like oh mm -hmm. and she yeah, and she goes like okay i'll drop it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah the medicinal the medicinal spice at the the payoff for that i actually laughed yeah out loud. Right, and it's like see it's helping yeah. i told you it was medicinal yeah, I told you it was he medicinal. Uses it on Des right end to like calm his, his his body or whatever 
Yeah, and help fight the poison. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I don't, I have two I want to talk about, but sticking with sticking with Leox, his relationship with Affy, man, if there was somebody who had to hear that, you know, Santa Claus isn't real, yeah, it's it, it yeah. was painful sometimes. As soon as it comes up, like the doubt comes up in her head, you're like, it's completely true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh no, there's no way Scover could do this. It's just like, I swear to God, I thought you were like 17, 18. I think she is. Seriously. She's like pretty young. Yeah, she yeah is. right? And it's just like, come on now, child. You've been around long enough. Oh, no, our pilots are, oh, no, Scover would never, you've heard Scover talk. You know right. how this lady is. Leox is trying to tell you gently sometimes. Yeah. But like, and he even says like, yeah, I didn't want to be the one to take that innocence from you. Yeah. But yeah. Did, did it this get pointed is, out this... that the Scover killed Affy's parents, or is it like they died? She, she got because she orchestrated this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Because of the what she gave them the opportunity to do to make it a little extra cash. It's yeah, really so, hard place. So they try to save years off of their. I thought it was going to be basically. like when all this came up. I thought it was going to be some sort of weird conspiracy that it was like true, whereas you know Scover actually sends people that are you know hard on their luck and stuff like that to this place to die so then it like keeps the drangir there or something i thought it was going to be something really dark oh, like, like that human sacrifice yeah basically yeah i thought it was gonna be something Gover like that is like, just oh, a suicide squad that's all <laughs> but i thought scover's character was interesting i didn't really like scover as much obviously because we don't see much of her but yeah. the part where she's like feeding she's like oh yeah try this ice thing you might like it and like trying to change the subject i'm like yeah that's that's someone it's... guilty right there <laughs> no scover's pure businesswoman i don't i didn't see yeah. his guilt at all it was a sort of i mean she's a pure businesswoman but she just goes yeah. about it in a really well, shitty way oh, but it's, it's like yeah. i know what i'm doing you mm. don't need to know right now yeah i want to eventually she's like i'm gonna die oh my God. someday and I'm going to, you know, I want to give this all to you. But I will tell you stuff and what you need to know as you're ready. Over is Je After Jeff that, Bezos. you're not getting a thing. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> no, you, you're starting yeah, to get too close to things I don't want to talk about at all or yet. So, yeah, you know, yeah. try this. But she's still, you know, but, you know, you're still, if you're not the kid, you're my ward. So it's like, yeah, yeah we'll go out. We'll have some time together. I'll show you all the nice things that you can get. You know, once you're in my position, yeah. So it's, it's like, like why? Yeah, it's that classic. Brought. Like, join me and look at all the amazing things that you get. Yeah. Exactly. Look at all this luxury. As just long as don't we keep question doing all the things I do, because yeah. there are yeah. several times she's just like, "How do you think we can afford to eat all this stuff?" And mm. this business is good. Everything is good. This is fine. So, and then when she's saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to her," and she'll have to, and she'll have to, like. You'll, that's the fastest way for you to get a blaster bolt to the head. But Do you she think got learn too, right? She's not very experienced in that regard. It's a naivete. Yeah. Like, she did learn from this very much, I think. She learned oh, yes. quite a bit. I, oh, yes. yeah. She learned from this, but up to this point is where I was really struggling to say, how could you not? And especially with the kind of things that you do in the terms of smuggling and all that, because she's well a part of that. Mm -hmm. She knows that well, goes back in, on. Out in the outer rim, it's lawless, right? Like, there's no laws against it. Which I think is why. Which, which is even more surprising as to why she's so naive if for, she's out in the frontier. For me, I think it's because the naive, naivete for, for her against Scover is because Scover took her in when her parents died and, you know, raised her and cared for her and was that mother figure for her. I think that's what really pushed it for her. She's like, there's no way this it's, awesome, great person could it's, do it's these familial, evil things. Yeah. Yeah. It's familial. It smells bias, like right? first order. You're blinded. You're blinded Canada, by right? love, right? Familial love. Yeah, it's just, oh, this person was nice to me. 
my whole so life. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> only Jeff Bezos had a soul in a different way. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, it, was, I, it was. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, uh, I was just gonna say no. It, it was interesting seeing that whole dynamic, and yeah, no, I, I agree. Affy is is incredibly naive when it comes to you know Scover's Scover. real yeah, manip- yeah, yeah machinations. But I can't. Dan- so, so I'm so sorry. No, no, so that's sorry. okay. <laughs> no worries. But I was just gonna say, like, from my perspective, I, I understood it, right? It's that. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, this, th- I'm, I'm getting something wrong. There must be something else going on. And then she gets it confirmed. She goes, "Oh, um, well, I can change them for the better, right?" Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't. Um, I guess I do things the way that will let me sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was kind of the arc I saw her taking. Which I mean, it's good. I'm just I'm curious now because it it sounds like at the end of the book. The buying guild just kind of doesn't really exist anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so what are they going to do Which now? Which is nice. I think I think that's a really interesting way to go about, you know, the next story for these characters. <laughs> we have tiptoed around inadvertently the big rock in the room um, on the crew oh, of the God. vessel, and that is Geode, <laughs> the Venetian. I don't know about you guys, but I loved Geode only because of how they describe the lack of response he gives, which gives mm. either an affirmation or or not or whatever it is like it tells them everything they need to know from no reaction at all and i, I just love every time it's like yeah he didn't need to say it but he definitely let me know and i'm like yeah yeah okay i don't know if you're and all it, crazy on spice or <laughs> or this thing that is actually real that was it yeah. geode was the biggest the biggest and i won't say surprise similar to a herring but not quite because the entire time i either thought okay he's not real and they've just put this big rock on their ship (laughs) and they're just talking to it but you know it's their thing yeah and Mm -hmm. from the jedi's point of view it's just like you know what don't ask don't tell if this is how they have to cope with like being in hyperspace and out here and (laughs) everything like that it's what it is that's them we we have the force which is imaginary friend to everybody else Mm. so can't judge right and then you know they start saying things, and then it's like, "Oh, Geo plotted the thing." I'm just like, "Fucking really?" Yeah. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, you guys are taking this too far. And you could tell some of the Jedi were thinking that way. They're just looking at them like, "How? Okay." Yeah. <laughs> Is this a joke? I don't. Yeah, I don't get <laughs> yeah. what's yeah. the joke here. But yeah, because there were certain phrases too where it's where it's saying things like Geo had already knew that Leox was having a, a tough time from Affy, so he didn't butt in and and yeah. uh, pile on with yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah exactly, and I'm, I'm, it makes me really curious because by the end of the book, we do know that he is actually you know, a sentient being. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is actually a sentient being, and I'm ninety percent sure he moves by teleporting because I cannot understand how he gets a, around, around the so station. Yeah. yeah, otherwise, but I'm really curious how they can understand because I mean, you know, with Star Wars, we've this isn't the first time we've had languages you don't understand, right? Droids and binary, Wookies and Shrewook, all that kind of stuff. But now we have a character who doesn't talk, or at least as yeah. far as we know, yeah can't talk so i'm really curious how they can understand him yeah you know what it's the body the, language think, i think well think about no damn the think about the things you just language. said though. think about they are the epitome of like jedi empath i would say at that point if they're picking up on feels like you know mm-hmm. geo could tell by this and this and it's just like they're picking up on feeling like a dog's nose yeah by the end at that i think point. orla or Wreath were able to kind of pick up a little bit on it, weren't they? Or- Orla, it was Orla Reith. is talking. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Wreath kind of talks to him a bit when he gets saved. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're both right, because then Orla t- is talking to him at the end of the book when she's buying her ship. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. He's there, yeah. like, helping her with the ship. I forgot yeah, about he's that like, part. He's like, yeah, do you want to be my navigator? And he doesn't say anything. She's like, yeah. I, I, I didn't I think, think so. Yeah, but yeah, she knew yeah. he couldn't leave Affy and... Yeah, and like, yeah, 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 the lack of response told me, yeah, he had his place where he needed to be. <laughs> I was like, yes! Yes. No, the one thing that I was... I was 
waiting for this whole book mm. was the Jedi to reach out in the Force to feel Orgeo's presence to affirm that he's an actual sentient being because that's mm. what they can do. They can feel the, the living Force flowing through everything, right? I was just waiting for that, and it never was even brought up. And I'm like, See, ah, and I on, think it can happen right I there. Think, again, that just was sort of like the respect of the crew yeah. from them just to be like, you know what, again, not going to enter, not even going to probe. That speaks really highly of them mm. at that point to be like the whole, we will not judge what you do. If you're talking to this thing and you say it's good, all right, I'll take you at your word. That That shows a lot of character a lot of faith rather than just being like yeah you're crazy i'm just gonna make sure because you know yeah. <laughs> the rock and i don't yeah. want to be in space with some insane pilot but it's like no we hired we trust you everything else that's fine and i think that was their go-to a lot and it's just like if you make me i will do mm. do not make me and i think they followed that to a t because even with the um even with the insurrection, when all the ships got onto the station and everything like that, there was they really didn't want to hurt anybody until it mm -hmm. was like. But these guys were coming through and looting the place and all sorts yeah. of stuff. And these guys were just like, "All right, take care of it. Uh, okay, we'll see where they are, and then we'll yeah. see what they're doing." And then it was like it wasn't just stalling; it was just like, unless they're really doing something awful, we ain't gonna. And they showed that because of the action they took against the slavers, right? So yeah, it was yeah. like. I, I respect them for that a lot. Yeah, and I, I do love how Comac resolves the situation by being like, all right, I guess it's a horrifying I'm wizard o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just gonna, it's like, you will listen or you I love will that. leave. Where he like levitates himself like, oh, wow, and everyone's okay. like, with oh, his lightsaber okay. out and everything yeah. too. It was yeah. so good. So good. I forgot about that part. That's, I don't know why Comac, it might have been the voice that the, who was the, we didn't say the, the narrator for this book. It was... Um, yeah, because it's not Mark Thompson this time. No, let me bring that up, because that was an important piece I wanted to bring up, too, is we didn't get Mark Thompson this round. Yeah. But we did get... Let me pull it up here. Dan Bittner. Dan Bittner, that's it. Yeah, I knew it was Dan something. Yeah, Dan Bittner yeah. did a really good job, especially with Comac's voice. Mm -hmm. It was really resonant. And I, yeah, I really liked Comac's voice. It. Comac and Leox, I like both their voices. Yeah, oh, Leox was like... Um, he's based on Matthew McConaughey, from what they said in the, <laughs> like, the High Republic videos they were posting mm -hmm. for Star Wars stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, a hundred. As soon as he started talking, I'm like, yep, there's Leox. <laughs> I would actually like Bittner and Thompson to work together because oh, yeah. some of the voices they can put down are really like for the older aspected people. I could yeah. definitely see Bittner doing, whereas mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. other everybody else, I could see Mark Thompson having his handle on that no problem. It would work. It was just like they did with um, Last Shot, how they had a bunch of different people narrate that mm -hmm. one. Like that, just going forward, just put these two on together. They've like the, the audio drama thing where they have like 40 people doing it with all the different voices and stuff, like the Dooku Jedi Lost mm -hmm. one and yeah. stuff like that, and the Afro one that just came out that I haven't listened to, but I want to so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think they're going to possibly... It'd be interesting if they move towards that with more audiobooks to give each character their own unique voice, especially mm -hmm. now with COVID. Like everyone's recording spell. from home, so you don't Let have to have do people it. come in, right? <laughs> Let me do it. He's still, like overall, he's still my favorite like him and wreath it's it's tough to say but i found over the years i've been really leaning towards i don't know everybody who has a green lightsaber or everybody who i turn out to really like and really enjoy tends to have a green one, other than anakin as but That's anakin fair. technicality did wield a green one at one point because attack on yeah, clones is a thing so <laughs> boom there you go yeah. that's the whole no but it's there's a lot of things to like about this book uh, that I found myself surprisingly getting into. And, like, there were points where I didn't want to stop. So no matter what I was oh, doing, yeah. and I, deadline, have you, whatever, but I wanted to listen. I had mm -hmm. 
the headphones on or something on the entire time and i was just like yes this is this is what i want what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next and again it it's because of that dark influence it's always when they're facing something they can't understand they don't know or on the complete opposite spectrum where the sith are working in the shadows those are some of the best books out there because you get Mm. so much and you get lore you get intrigue you get everything and then a lot with Reef here going through his whole, like, it seems like he has a mind palace almost, and he's, like, seeing all these, and he's constantly referencing his archives and coming mm-hmm. through and what he knows and what he doesn't. I liked how he um, how he steps up a lot mm-hmm. as as the time goes on, because a really good line that he, that he says is, like, oh, you know, before this journey, before coming out to the frontier, all I could think about was, you know, what I want and what, I what my needs are and why I want to stay and throughout this mission he learns you know it's not I it's we and when his master asked him that question of you know why does no Jedi cross the crystal arch alone or the kyber arch alone yeah, and I yeah. was like okay so it's going to be one of those things where it's that generic oh because you know a Jedi is never alone Jedi has the force with them always kind of oh. thing <laughs> but then when they took it to a very serious thing it's like no because that is made of all the Jedi that come before you and mm-hmm. all that will go after and it was like oh yeah it was, okay. I was yeah that's I a good thought, lesson yeah. yeah that's a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of good things in this book and a lot of things that we were like oh wow i didn't expect that and i think one of them mm. was at the beginning when reese silas is talking to nan and they mentioned mm. like the, the sex that you know wreath like you're not allowed to do that because you're a monk and he's like well uh uh and then i, I think it was yeah. I, was it yeah. des right was like i'm just gonna leave him to do that and i'm just gonna yeah, walk away and, I thought I, it was, and then everybody was hinting at it for a bit yeah. it was really yeah, kind of at the beginning it was like, oh, yeah they're point. like he'll learn he'll learn yeah. you don't gotta tell him yeah and then wreath has that moment at the end where he goes Oh no, have I been flirting with her this whole time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. And then Le- Leox had a great point as well, I thought, because he's going, So you guys are supposed to go around spreading peace and love, but you're not allowed to do one of those things? Yeah. I don't, how are you supposed to be exactly. able to teach us about it if you, if you have no idea? There's a great point with Leox as well, where he's, I think, one of the first asexual characters in Star Wars, where he has no yeah, interest he just, in he it. Yeah, he just doesn't like, care. I've, I've tried it, but it's not really my thing, so. I mean, my my ancestors would be, I think, happy with the, you know, the quintessential coming together of everybody's lineages to me. I feel well, like but, it's good, except for my sister. Then, she might yeah, have a kid. I, I, yeah. love, I love how he just goes like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Everyone will be fine with it. Plus, there's someone else who can keep the family line going. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but, that's a really interesting point. Like, it, it brings to light, like, this is a young adult book, just like Lost mm-hmm. Stars is, where, like, sex was a thing in there, too, where that's a concept where, you know, at that age, when you're in high school, like, 18 or whatever, 17, 18... It's like that's a concept that's starting to become more and more into your mind. And when you have characters in books that are around the same age thinking about those same things in a way that you might be thinking about it and trying to kind yeah, of make, to make sense of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's definitely important to be able to connect with those characters, especially on things that you might be thinking about at the time that you're reading this book, right? Yeah, and... I like the fact that he also mentions it's like you know it's it's not this like this foreign thing that no I've never done and I don't care and blah blah. It's like no I tried it, one for me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. Not to make it like this evil thing or anything like that. Like you know the teaching was the past. You don't talk about that. None. This is like yeah no it's just a thing. And this is this okay. is this is the quintessential of like this is how you introduce concepts that are like not newer touchy. concepts but like touchy subjects where it's like yeah Leox is asexual but like he's not 
he's not shoving it down your throat and it's not out of character for him like when he said mm. it, it was just like oh i could see that like that makes sense right it's and, it definitely yeah. makes and because he was broached on it it was like it was it was like why why did she say it was okay for me to be on this ship like right. what's the big mm. deal and he's like oh because this yeah. oh yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah exactly and and they, like, they, I answered they your question it. there you yeah. go and it's a nice dichotomy because one of the things I did find the most interesting in Light of the Jedi was the relationship that they really, they really lightly allude to that Avar, Chris, and Elzar Man had. Yeah, I have to pull my response right? back on that one. <laughs> I said, no, no, it's not that. There's no way. It's just oh, they yeah, were, yeah. you know, messing around, kissing each other or yeah. something. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was you, this. Yeah, you listen to it again. And Elzar's like, yeah, you know, we had fun as Padawans. We had Good fun times. as Padawans. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's good to show us, like, you know, this, yeah, they, they're masters now. Well, one in name, one should be, but that's a yeah. different story. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, so it's a thing. Yeah. Great. There there were some other things that I I did enjoy, just little callbacks and things like that. Like, I, I loved, because, you know, in, in the original Star Wars, uh, like, oh, yeah, you're some, some sort of wizard, right? And then in this book, we get like, so you guys are monks? Oh, yeah. no, they're space wizards. Oh, and then it's just like that kind of learning about it. And I thought that was that was really that was a nice callback, right? Just being like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. Look at these guys. They do space magic. Oh, that's really neat. You know, just being super meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, the, it's good that it was uh, Leox and Afri doing it as well. Just yeah, like, yeah. Those are the characters you feel like, you know, if you were sidecar to all this Jedi stuff going mm -hmm. on, this would be. Yeah, yeah. What what do you do? OK, yeah. Cool. yeah, they're cool guys who are wizards. Oh, OK, I get it now. And then there were some some nice. I guess kind of not even stereotype, but just kind of breaking the norms that we've seen so far with a lot of these characters that I also liked because we get we get a, a good guy on Baran, which I don't think we've really seen before in uh, Orla Jirani, who I completely forgot was on Baran until I saw the picture of her. And then we in the flashback, we get an evil Lasat, which I yeah. thought was was a nice kind of, you know, twisting of, of what we've seen from established characters. Right. Yeah. No, just just interesting things like that. There was one other thing. I'm trying to remember what it was that I also thought was kind of really cool in the story. But I might have to come back to that because I can't remember it right now. Okay. Also, just speaking about things, because we did touch on them, but I, I, I want to go back and talk about them a little bit more because, mm. you know, I am really curious what they're going to. I really hope they bring the drain gear back. And oh, there's no they, way they yeah. will. With that planet yeah. being out because there with more drain gear on it, there is absolutely no way they're not bringing it back. They are definitely doing it. They're too good of a mm -hmm. antithesis to yeah to just get rid of in one story like that. Like yeah. they still gotta come in and throw in that like fourth wrench between Republic and Nihil Hill and Frontier. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly what I kind of brings up my next point is the eye Martian on Row is brought back at the end of this book, at, after everything that happens in Light of Jedi, I assume, and you know he wants to stick it to the Jedi basically, and who else? better to tell him than nan about everything that happened mm -hmm. including the drangir and so you know now that he knows that there's a drangir there on the station or <laughs> i don't think she knew that there was another planet for that but i feel like martian's going to do a lot of research into this stuff and he has a mm -hmm. lot of connections through these hyperspace lanes which apparently the station had its own hyperspace lanes for those pods i feel like that's going to connect to that planet for some part and then martian is just going to be pulling yeah. these drangir and be like hey I know you want to eat meat. Let me help you do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, That's the whole station was the fact that it could you could launch a pod from there through hyperspace to any mm. point in the galaxy. Right. That's why it was so terrifying because it was yeah. calibrated that way. Yeah. But yeah, so and 
sorry, go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I was gonna say so. So yeah, like the, you know, they they can't get to the Drangir planet that way. But yeah, I could see something like you know, Martian goes to the station and manages to download all the areas that the pods were sent to, and then sends people out to find them. Right. Yeah. 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 Because we we've got a foe now that not only from what they said destroyed the Amaxians, which is already pretty terrifying, mm-hmm. but also were so powerful the Sith couldn't even fight. They had them. to seal them away. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't even defeat them, and it's like, oh god, if that's the case. Yeah, which makes me wonder, because it's like, you know, they hated fire and did, did a pretty good job. Why the hell didn't they just use lightning on them until they burned up? Do right. you think they would have the easier job rather than the Jedi? Because they... The only way that they I were destroyed was like them. that... Um, the thing that they were thought that happened as Raiden where he got immediately incinerated. Yeah, they, they yeah, got either heat. flash destroyed in hyperspace or yeah. vented into, into space, right? Yeah. But something I was thinking, Ed, to what you were saying, which could also be even more terrifying, is... What if because the Drangir are dark side, they nullify it, it or something? Yeah, or, or they it? can resist it. Yeah, right? uh, they're infused with enough dark side that if you lightning them, they can just absorb it or just you know, that it would doesn't be hurt them as much, right? And they there, just get a... lightning whips instead. Oh my god! Yeah, right. Poison <laughs> lightning. <laughs> they they could be terrifying. To a fairy you know? tale. Like they mm-hmm. are dark side things. So like, what if they were able to finally use the force? Like that yeah, would be a, a Drangir Sith is terrifying. Here's a question though. I could see because we don't know, and they they're very good at hinting that wherever that wreath and Dex ended up does ended up, it's not necessarily their home world because they yeah he keeps saying, but sure. I don't know, but I don't know, and I think they're doing that intentionally because I could see this as some, and it reminded me of Red Harvest if you remember that book, mm. um, because that had to do with biology and plants and everything like that too, where like if this was some Sith experiment gone terribly wrong with some sentient plant, whatever mm. like that, that warped them and twist them yeah. into this meat eating one of thing, and they only had this certain amount. They're just like, okay, but if we let these out, they'll go nuts everywhere, and we can't stop them, so we're just gonna trap them somewhere. The interesting thing too is like the, they mentioned the Sith and like they had to seal them away and stuff, and they were at war with the Drangir and everything. The interesting thing is like this happened a millennia ago, right? It, yeah, was, it would have to have, it was right? during, yeah. like they mm. mentioned like the the sith war or something like that and like that's way back like this mm. you know the republic has been in in terms of peace for like at least a hundred years or something almost like that, a right? thousand mm-hmm. years or yeah almost a thousand years now it's about 800 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right so it's like that's why it also was an interesting point when uh reef was fighting des and he was saying like you know normally the dueling classes are, you know, fun and everything. Everyone loves those. Those are the best classes. But, like, we're not yeah, going to fight anybody no with a lightsaber because there's yeah. no Sith. It's just Jedi. And mm-hmm. we're not going to fight each other. And he's like, I'm glad I took those classes and I was actually decent at it because that's the only way I'm surviving against Dez right now. Mm. Yeah, that line alone makes it seem like the temple's more of a university than anything. Yeah. Just like, oh, what are you courses, choosing yeah. to go to, like, this what lightsaber course? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, yeah, he was saying, like, you know, I like my history stuff and everything like that, so I go to the archives, and I was, like, helping there. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's this real kind of... It gives you more of a look into, like, the Padawan in the temple lifestyle, yeah. like the young learner growing up, because we yeah. don't get that. We get that we see them on all the adventures or everything, but we never see temple life. I'd actually like a book like that. So well, we, we get the academy for the Imperials and like their day to day and throughout the months, but we mm-hmm. don't, you know, really see. And, and there's do... there's some interesting things that they go into with kind of temple life because one of the things that took me by surprise is when they're throwing Reetha's goodbye party. Yeah, yeah. And they just straight up are like, yeah, no, we're drinking, drinking. Yeah. yeah, drinking and dancing. I was like, I is this is this the Jedi Temple? I don't. <laughs> 
Welcome it to the like party, fun. boys. I don't think you're yeah. supposed to have that here. Yeah. But I was going to say, a good yeah, question no, for us is like, if we were in the Jedi Temple, would you choose to be more of a book study or more of a physical activity That's kind of person? unfair question. It is. Isn't it? It's good, though, because like, this is the Temple question. Archives show. So like, what would you do? Would you want to go to the Temple I, Archives or would you want to go dude, to the Temple Battle? Dude, we're reading Rise? right now. I want to go fucking swing a blade around. <laughs> <laughs> at this yeah. point i've done enough reading for me it's like i want to go to the archives to learn more about star wars in general like things that happen in there the jedi and everything darth but, bane uh, took me through the archives these guys <laughs> have taken me through the archives i've been through both sides enough of their literature revan <laughs> learned i've learned so much from him to the point now where it's just like i just need to learn how to fight <laughs> show me how to fight how about you <laughs> i wanted well, I, I'd probably be on Wreath's side because I'd probably want to do a lot of studying and learn a bunch of stuff. But I'd also probably want to. I'd like same thing with Ed. I want to know how to fight. Yeah, true, I want to. I want to be able to to hold my own and and you know spread that protection. I'd probably be if if I had as much as I like playing Jedi Knights and stuff like that. I'd probably be closer to like a sage. Yeah, because like yeah, but Fourth knowledge powers. is pretty cool. Being able to See, throw stuff around and stuff. This is this is an interesting thing now. Before I say my stuff, Dan, what, what do you think? What, what would you do? I probably do like I w immediately. I'm like, oh man, I would love to learn more about the Star Wars universe, but it's like. It wouldn't be everything. It would just be the Jedi. So I think I'd lean towards the physical aspect of it because, man, I have this weird fascination with, like, swords and katanas and samurai. I'm like, this is the Jedi. I want to learn more. I want to swing See? a sword. So here we go. We have the perfect team right here because in Noma, Three you style. have... Three lightsaber style right here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> See, in Noma, you, we have the sage. We have mm -hmm. the um, the consular class right there. Dan, you see, you're the guardian right there. The three sword style <laughs> whip all the doubles. You could be like in the beginning of the um Imagine, yeah, oh my god. The old Republic video where the battle master oh, yeah, yeah. when he's got the double saber and the single saber and he's yeah. fighting the two sins. Oh jeez. Yeah. So and then I got Sentinel covered at that point as well. So we've got Guardian, Sentinel, and Consular. Yeah. There we go. Although, we're although if we're being if we're being completely honest on what we'd probably end up being in the Star Wars universe for real, Sith. I would yeah, yeah, I would not be a Jedi. I would be a Sith sorcerer. I can see Dead being a smuggler. <laughs> it, hell yeah, that too. You see, I it would get to the point, and that's it. It would get to the point with the uh, with the Jedi. I'd be like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm tired doing this stuff. Yeah. I have a lightsaber. I have a force. I'm going to do my own thing. So if not like way, now that I know that way seeking is a thing, mm. that might be a thing. Or it would be, don't know if you guys remember the book. It was, um, pull Ahsoka. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks for the force training and the lightsaber. I'm going to get out of here now. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but it, it was, um, from book two or three of the Bane series, there was this like rogue Jedi guy who was just he was out for himself and he was out for secrets and knowledge and all that and he met up with Zena, darth Zena, and he was like oh yeah yeah i'll be your apprentice if you teach me things he's, he's just like yeah i don't give a damn about the sith i'm gonna take from you what i can and then i'm out i'm yeah. gonna do my own thing i don't want to i don't want any legacies i don't want anything i don't want to follow a plan i am yeah. here for me and he you can see him in a bar he's just like oh yeah this guy's in my way for a drink pushes him aside with the force <laughs> just stuff like that it's just like yeah you just abusing your power and living your life mm. like that's great yeah <laughs> there there was also just jumping back to the drain gear there there was a parallel that i i connected with them for you know, if you guys have played Mass Effect, uh, well, specifically Mass Effect 2, Layer of the Shadow Broker, the DLC, because as soon as I, I was reading about the Drengear, I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, if you played Layer of the Shadow Broker, they talk about the Yogg. 
and mm-hmm. the because the shadow broker is a yog and they talk about the fact that you've never seen him in any of the games before because the council has literally just looked at their planet and been like yeah no we're not uplifting you guys we're not doing anything you just were quarantining this entire species to their planet because they're so violent and angry and hard to kill yeah that, that we just exactly can't the deal are. with them yeah, because the, they literally, the council, like, lands their party to be like, we come in peace, and the Yogs slaughter them all. Oh, my God. And then, yeah, and then they try to fight them, and they're like, well, no, this is too much effort. So we're just going to, you guys stay there, and we're never going to talk about or just interact with them at all. And so, yeah, do I want to say, Do not have space flight. Do not exactly, create yeah. space do not, Yeah, do not let them, if they get space flight, we'll start blowing their ships out of the sky. All are on the planet can't. at that point. <laughs> right. But yeah, with the Dringer, it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, no, if they start building ships, we they probably need a fleet to start blowing them up because this is not okay. This I is know. terrifying. It seems like they were able to be, like the seedlings were able to make it on the ships back to this planet or something, like, because they don't have technology to go to these places and they were not sure like they were like oh is it safe to go because we haven't heard of anything back from the people in the station and so See, it was interesting it was like, what... is it the seedlings that started and those plants that were growing then turn into the drangir or is it like the drangir were there and that what created the plants to grow or like i don't know like we don't know the biology behind it but it'd be interesting to know if they're just like the sentient plant that just get corrupted by the dark side like you said with the sith and that's where it all started or whatever it was it'd be interesting to know yeah, I'm gonna hold to that theory. I think they're. I like it. I think they're either a Sith experiment gone wrong, or they were already kind of like, I won't say evil, but carnivorous plants Ooh, that I... the Sith saw, and they were like, "Hey, they already yeah. eat things. Let's, you know, bioengineer here and make them yeah. attack our enemies." It's, it's the experiment that worked. And what's in Swotor? That crazy guy on Korriban? Who no, that guy with the, the Takatas yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the Takata brains. He's yeah, oh yeah. Lord, it's, uh, yeah. It's him, but if he actually had an experiment that worked and we can see how horrifying I mean, that, there could be that, a DLC yeah, where it does eventually. Lord Renning. Yeah. Right. yeah, Lord Renning. That was it. He does wow. show up in DLC, actually. Yeah, he you does. kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a point I wanted to make here because you said like the Sith might have created them or like done something, right? Now, yeah. interestingly enough, who might have ties to the Sith? Martian Roe. So if if he doesn't find them, he might be mm. able to somehow create them with whatever he has t- ties to the dark side. Because he was talking in the end of The Light of the Jedi where there was a tie to the Sith and the Jedi like killed his family or whatever it was. And I feel like that might be a plot with the Drangir. Like that's a, that's a tie. The dark side there between the Drangir and the Martian Roe is quite strong. Now. I, I I'll bring up like... another point. Sorry, yeah. Nomi, you go ahead. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I feel like if that kind of thing happens, and this would be a cool payoff, if it turns out that the artifact that Martian has is something that the Drangir, like, respect or, yeah, or acknowledge or something, right? And that becomes how he can then use the Drangir to fight the Jedi, because that would be just, pretty just imagine insane. imagine Martian being like, oh yeah, we have all these light, these, these light speed lanes here, these hyperspace lanes that yeah. nobody knows about, and uh, if you'd like, we'll, we'll give you ships and just send you out into the galaxy. Yeah, and they're well, like, who need, we'll get meat. That's who, great, right? Who needs to start an assault with gas bombs if we just send the Drengear in first? Yeah, and just yeah, hey, slaughter and eat all the soldiers, and then we get the captives. Yeah, that's right. that's terrifying. Yeah, and I think just I'm gonna bring up a point that I made when we were talking about uh, Light of the Jedi, where I could could see all these things happening, but again, I could see them all happening like a he shows up on the on that ship or, it, or on the station, right? Mm. 
and somehow they're active again or why he starts walking through they start getting active again he's like why why and then you know i thought nan said this was done or whatever and they got launched Mm -hmm. and then they start responding because he's carrying the thing with him and then it's kind of like we we cannot hurt the bearer of the thing and then he's kind of just like oh (laughs) <laughs> okay, sweet. I can use this. Yeah, yeah they like destroyed the just station, though, didn't they? Like they disabled no, the shields. They just vented it because yeah, they they vented it and they launched the pods. And that well, they was disabled it. the shields yeah. too, didn't they? Not? The solar flare was coming, but they never said anything about it destroying it. And mm. you know why? You friggin' know why? Up to this point, I loved this book up until I was gonna give it a nine up until today, and then I realized about a Maxine station. This is not an original concept that was made for Light of the Jedi. They have placed it here, and Noma, you're gonna hate me. It it, it is another what the hell is that thing? Something Prime, sort of the H, the one we're always mad about that gets blown up in episode seven. Oh, Hosnian. Because you know, you want to know something. You want to know something I just learned. Mm, no. You know where Sno- No. You know where Snoke was hiding out. Oh no. Yeah. In one of the comics, yeah. He's in like a, a Maxine station. Yeah. Uh, and he talks with Ben Solo yeah. there. No, I remember that. It was so cool up until now. Do you like this place, Ben? It's interesting, Snoke. I'm very fond of it. The people who built it were trying to hold back the dark. Yeah. That was the entire point. To create an oasis right here in the great shadow. You see how well it worked. You see what denying the nature of things brought them. But you oh, know what? Yeah. Honestly, I don't mind that tie-in. Only because it's you know, after the fact, after all of this has been resolved, years and years in the future, and it's, it, it builds, like, okay, if, if Snoke wasn't killed in episode 8, it would have built the character a lot more, and have done a lot more, and I feel like, you know, from what we know about Ma- the Maxine Station right now, is that the dark side is huge there, and those statues were destroyed, so, you know, when Snoke is there, if the dark side is still looming in that station like the the presence of the dark side at least i feel like that is a good well, a good okay, indication of like showing how kylo turns a bit more i'm, I'm about to poke some a... holes into that right now sure. not uh, be, yeah, just because just because a as soon as it's done it's in republic record the person who held highest authority in the republic was palpatine he was the biggest Sith Lord. If he had read about a place in those records that was filled with dark side, you know his ass would have been there, or at least looking into it or finding something, whether it be alone, whether it's send Maul, whether it's send Tyrannus, whether it's send somebody we don't even know about at that point. What bugs me with this is that, he, look at Noma's reaction. Mm-hmm. Us thinking that this is just a thing that they came up, it's a beautiful idea, mm. beautiful design. Now we learn that it was just placed back here because they had done it, Hadn't had anything to do with it. Yes, granted, it was in a book that I didn't read. Oh, or yeah, yeah, the Bloodline book, which is great. Like it's a great book. You'll right? So at that point, it's just like, guys, again, it's like until something like... I think the continuity a, is good. I'm not angry about the continuity. I think well, it, so it adds It's reverse it. continuity. Yeah, but yeah. It, there's you're, nothing you're, wrong with it, though. You've... Well, how does it take away? It, That's what I want to know. It, it's it's always the image for me just because it's connected to something where I just, I don't... Right, I have but, exactly. But, I have but so here's the other point that I have as well. I wasn't the dark side presence on a Maxine station because of the drain gear. Yes. Yes. So theoretically, now that they're all gone, there is no dark side presence. There's the there. plants, no, which is no, why I was thinking no, about like no, no, the no, seeds no, no, or no. something, right? Don't even don't even bring the plants into it. Mm. Think about what happened with the Death Star and the void that was left there. 
Leia passing through and feeling terrible and passing out, and every force sensitive going past oh, that just a wave of pure darkness left by the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. years after he was well, there, because this is this is new republic they're in and they're going past and they're just like oh it's the echo still there's also it's a still part of here. that in uh, one of the books with leia when she goes to naboo and she walks through the hangar where darth maul first appeared to fight duel the fates style stuff and yeah that happens the, as well. it's it's like not an echo per se but yeah, like I'd say yeah it's, yeah, it's an inference yeah, yeah you then i feel like the dark side more than anything just because it's so visceral it's so raw you can't not leave an effect yeah. of where you've been, right? Mm. It's terrible footprints at that point because, yeah. and that's probably, <laughs> that's why they don't use it as yeah. often. That's why it's so secret because the minute they do, they're just like, well, Jedi are going to be swarming all over here and they'll know, mm. they'll know. It's not like, oh, I can force push a guy and then just run away and nobody's going to yeah. know. It's just like, that was a dark force push. Oh, yeah, no. right? so, and, and I can definitely get behind that because it's just, I mean, they do the same thing in Warhammer, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, there's been demonic presence here. Well, we can all sense it now. Yeah. And we can tell that this is an area where a warp portal might open because there's been so much ma death here. So, yeah, no, that, yeah. yeah, that does make Thinking sense. Thinking of, what do you call him? Uh, Gideon, um, not Gideon, Eisenhorn on that planet with the the bridge that goes up. And every time it went up, it created the portal to bring the, yeah. the, the warps down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, heading back to Star Wars. Yeah, so it's not, it's not the fact that— It doesn't that take away from this story, I don't feel. I think no, but if like, anything, it, it, it just it lessens the impact of the station for me. Yeah, but why, that, that's all it was. It was just like well, it's put there and then they make the continuity thing like they've done that through all of Star Wars and it hasn't had. Is it just because it's tied to the sequel trilogy in some way? Basically, okay. I think 50 50 percent of it is that for me. I think it's more of a disappointment because I was so ready. I was so ready for light of the jedi and the high republic to be its own thing to not have any ties to not do nothing this is the first time they've had this open space to do whatever they want and they're constantly trying to it feels like they're trying to justify themselves like they let the writers do their stuff but then disney comes in, it's like hey remember no what i don't think did? that's what that was because there are it, people that worked on this team that wrote that comic it's and, it still though just still, feels like like look at this it's a cool idea yeah actually remember that's, like that's, this is I'm this is this is our excited. canon now and this yeah. is this and this and we're gonna put it here to remind you it's, it's not just like okay you know what guys sequel happened this happened this happened remove it from your mind mm. remove it from it because the the sequel if you wanna if you wanna say continuity and stuff like that there were a bunch of planets we didn't see in the sequel trilogy that could have come up that should have been there that's the thing so, though like the I'm not saying that but you're because they wanted to cut out the past. Yeah. But now mm -hmm. everything is that. But now we are way in the past beyond all sorts of those. But they still want to put in their planets and not like the ones yeah. that were still in the originals. So, like, how many times have you heard of anything other than Coruscant or some of the mid rim or little core planets? Like, we don't hear about any of these at all, but they're quick to mention these new ones and yeah. every, every that is right. And it's like, I get it. The galaxy is a big place, but. You know what? Not even a nod to some of these older things. Not not like a gesture, or a little fan service here even yeah. at this like point. It, Call it what exactly. it is. But you're they're doing their own fan service for themselves is what it feels like. And it's just like I'm not here to watch you beat off. You know, it's <laughs> like I want a story that I know you've put a lot into, mm. but just you don't have to tie everything into this. This is the perfect opportunity to just do fresh stuff. 
do fresh stuff. And I get, yeah, it will turn, it's going to have an effect at the other thing. But you know what? Destroy it before the end of this, mm. of, um, this era. That way we have a reason for why it didn't show up. Yeah. So you don't have to justify it being not. To be you know fair, what? it's something that is in the middle of absolutely nowhere. No, but yeah, I won't. But... <laughs> I won't accept that because yeah. again, I'm bringing in Palpatine, who is the highest. Can you imagine if Palpatine had a, a, a he could have been there, but he, why would he destroy it? But let me continue. Go. Imagine if he had a space station, could find all these pods because you know Martian Row, whatever happens with that, right? Find all these pods and then figure out a way to launch all these things because the the thing is still there. They can make new pods if they have to because they know how to. They know how these rings yeah. operate. Right? They can find the trajectories. Yes, yeah. and then. Think of what the Clone Wars would have been then if he's sending special forces shooting out from there into like the middle of something and mm. only telling top agents about it at that time, something that the Jedi wouldn't even know. Yeah, this is how we're getting in here. This is how we're getting in here. He could sow even more chaos than he had to without using the Senate at that point and just go completely behind their backs, right? There's a bunch of things you could come up with the station for. They keep saying, look how friggin' ready it is to be some sort of staging point mm. for anything. If the Mandalorians had this, if anybody had this, they would have gone nuts on the galaxy yeah. you have a galactic scale war and you don't use a weapon like this are you kidding me yeah. but, yet, but yet it shows up way after and then snoke who is now we know was sort of dealing with palpatine or whatever or was some sort of weird palpatine terrible clone whatever he was i get, I get why you're angry about it i right well because like, even with snoke like with palpatine or snoke you're saying that neither of these figures who had you know, decades of time in power to grow their resources couldn't have done what Ed said at some point. Like, oh, this one went to this one was on the way to Malister. They're or hiding on, the direct on course Andor. Great, yeah. shoot the pod right it's, onto Andor and then yeah. murder them. So we can't Darn. track this pod down. Like, granted, it's been yeah, it's been flying for thousands of years, but you're telling me that a mathematician couldn't be like, okay, well, based on the trajectory of where it's going, and then based off of Malister's own orbit, we can figure out that the pod would have ended up here. Hey, go send some guys. Bring the pod back. Connect it in, because unlike oh. the Drain Gear, they have space flight and can put these things back in. Even if now we've got a new super that. weapon. You have engineers who can build new pods and just oh, say, screw yeah, those ones that are lost, and let's just yeah. build them and put them in and then launch them. Yeah. You have so many options that putting it back here now and connecting it to something, and that just ruins it at that I, point because these questions come I disagree up. in the fact that I, I still, like, it, it, so if it was a huge part of the sequel trilogy which it's not it's a mention in a comic book that charles soul wrote and it's just like oh yeah i'm here because i like the dark side i'm trying to corrupt you because you are the person that i want to corrupt but, to but do then, these things so why mention makes, it at all yeah because then that just well, makes snoke and palpatine look like fools because they have this opportunity to use this thing but then, okay, that's, and they just go so, no. so i get the fact so the the thing that i understand i'm understanding from what you're saying is like the fact that it was mentioned in this comic is you know that's it's it's not that uh, i'm gonna put this since it was mentioned in this comic and the sequel trilogy was such a mess as we've talked about in the past the the fact that it was there and all this stuff happened and you know nothing came of it in the in the future sequel trilogy or even original trilogy or even prequel trilogy that kind of takes away from it yes because it's and a I, footnote it, that's it's made the, an entire yeah book and it starts just bringing up plot holes. But yeah. then you start to question, right? To, to be fair, to be fair, there are many plot holes. I'm not saying that this is not one of them. In in the grand scheme of things, since it was mentioned off off kilter, for me at least, it's just 
you know, it was mentioned in this book. That's cool. Charles Soule is now working on this and he wanted to include it here. So they, you know, brought it in and everything that makes sense. And cool. That's a cool connection. That's kind of how I thought, it, thought about it. I wasn't really like, oh, it's see, like, oh, yeah. Why didn't people use it to destroy the galaxy or to take over places? Maybe they did. But, and we haven't and, gotten and, to that story and yet. And the way you just well, said and, it is a pat on the back for himself at that point then. Well, and so so the way that you're processing it is the way that they wanted it to be processed, sure. right? Maybe. It's a cool reference. It's a nod, blah, blah, blah. But then the problem is, yeah, you start, or sorry, not blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's a cool nod. You know, it's neat. We're bringing something back. And, and you know, this is what it used to be like. But yeah, then the problem is, you know, when you think like me and Ed do There's about- too much like, time. Yeah, just these ramifications and the fact that this thing has been here and it's got such a powerful thing that they only foolproofed it against the Drengar or Drengear. You know, they didn't make that plan- to launch all the pods safe for the rest of the galaxy who have space flight and can recreate these things. Sure. And since we know now that the Amaxines are, you know, active during the Republic and the new Republic, because, you know, now we've got the new scum pack coming out and, and the Amaxine are in that, which I didn't also realize until I finished reading the book. It just, it starts to put together these things, right? Where it's like, so, okay. So you're saying that Snoke could find this, but he couldn't find the Amaxines, even though they were working with the, the new Republic or sorry, not even the new Republic, just with scum. So you're saying he couldn't get them to come in and, you know, try and figure out the blueprints to figure out these pods to get the first order to do things. Right. It's just, it, it just Your becomes to all, these, and all these things. And there, there are at least right now, there are no ways to kind of tie it all together to something that makes sense and it's it's something that i see a lot as well with warhammer and with you know a lot of bioware stuff just a lot of the things that i also complain about right where it's just you put something in because it seems cool but if you don't think of the full ramifications of it it doesn't really make sense anymore and so you have to kind of justify it and obviously you know the fact that it's sequel trilogy is part of the reason that i'm coming down so hard on it if it was original or prequels i'd probably be a bit more biased to let it slide but it's just I don't know. It's 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 a Jason sequel trilogy. To be fair, it's not in the movies. Yeah. It's in the comics. I'm just thinking of yeah. what Reith said because he was just like, "Listen, if we don't tell the Republic about this, the Nihil grab it. They can do whatever they want. If we don't get rid, of and this is what his thought process is before venting everything, right? Mm. He's just like, if the Nihil get it, they create panic. If the Drengir get it, they create panic. If the Republic gets it, they have to come out here and hold it, and that's just." too big of a thing for anybody to do mm. so the best thing they're going to do is destroy it and he says that there so he vents them to you know leave the problem there will be no problem yeah so it's just like do we, we go back and tell the republic that well we have to because you know that's our mission statement and what we are doing on this thing so the republic now knows the jedi now know you you know how much of a threat this is you realize you haven't done any frontier expansion mm. besides starlight beacon this thing could still be a possible threat why wouldn't you blow it up at that point then yeah, just to and be safe. especially because it harbored so much dark and everything. Like that, you feel like the Jedi would all be, especially the Jedi at that point, would be like, "Yeah, no, get rid of it." Yeah, yeah, the dark side, everything like that, and all that. Yeah, they got I they came back and they're safe, but destroy it. I think it's gonna come but, back. Yeah, but, but now we know it's not destroyed. It ever. can't. But it can't yeah. because it's there now. So I we can't, and that's my. Like, they can't do anything with it. It's just gonna stay in this story, and that's it probably. Because if they keep going back to it now, it's like okay, so why all of a sudden stop? And what was this critical failure? What made it? You could not use it for whatever this is, whatever this, and it just becomes a floating relic. That can be the only way they go through now to make it so non-functional that it had no purpose other than oh the dark side's here all they have and to do that's just all they have really to do with this station is wipe the computers or whatever it is and then make it unusable for to do that for making it seem like oh in the sequel trilogy they didn't realize it was being used for all this stuff all they have to do is make sure that 
that technology is unusable and they couldn't figure out what it was used for. But so the one thing I wanted to end on anyway, the one thing I wanted to end on here is if anybody is going to bring something back and make it into something that is actually interesting and, you know, I guess bring you guys out of that and say like, you know what? No, they, they did something here that actually makes sense. If they could do that, if anyone could do that, it would be Charles soul. I think because of what he's proven in the past with, you know, the Lando comic that we read with Momin and his connection to I, his other comic that he I'd did. I'd rather say Vader. don't, don't bring stuff back. Come up with something. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it in New universe. New stuff is preferable. But, like, but honestly, that's not, that's not entirely true because the sequel trilogy was all new stuff and you fucking hated it. But that was, right? that was just, it was awful. Trust wall. me. Yeah, there's but no that, that's, continuity there. But that's different because that's because, yeah, there is no planning and there is no continuity and there is no, but who says that know, there is no planning here? Like, yes, there's a lot did. of, no, no. For, <laughs> I mean, for, for this Maxine station, there could be a plan that we don't know about that. Yeah. And so our opinions avoid. might then, change later on, but right. right now, this is what we think. Right. This exactly. is what, this is the similar to the conversation we had when they put out all the movies and all the media they were going to do. And then the dark side one was there and we're like, yeah, Oh yeah. God, well, yeah. hopefully they don't show this one too early because then we'll know how it ends. And then yeah. what's the point of reading or looking at the entire thing? The best thing for right, them to do right. is leave it right at the end. So then we can deal with it that way. And it shows the culmination and the result of whatever that was. And then bam, all right. that's done. And yeah, we now go into the new thing. Because without knowing, you know, before I knew about the comic thing, I was with Ed, right? Like, I was like, okay, so at some point they're going to come back and blow up a Maxine station. They right. have yeah. to. It's too dangerous. And now I know that they just didn't, which makes it seem like they're idiots. I mean, the, the closest I could get to to be like, okay, I understand why you have a Maxine station around still, is if they go and ju just blow up the transport pod area. Like, not even just white. They'd have to literally just scrap the entire thing so that no one would even be able to to reverse yeah, engineer reverse the station. Yeah, exactly. That. exactly. If that's they blow up that part of the station, then that's then I understand. Yeah. yeah. But right now, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It just seemed to me yeah. that you guys were like, there's nothing in the entire anything that can make this okay, and it's awful, and yeah. it makes this whole book shit. That's what I got. Right no, no. And that the whole book, don't get, don't get me wrong, like, this specific point hell they could have made another station and called it another name like Horaban and moraband and then you know what i actually <laughs> would have been planet. totally fine with that <laughs> yeah it's yes it's tom maxine station <laughs> but yeah. exactly but at that point you can say oh we blew this one up and this one was the prototype for it so it's not done yet and that's mm. why it's just floating there boom there you go yeah fine yeah. You've, you've duplicated it, but then you've had a resolution for one and then had your other filler thing just there or whatever. Fine. Hell, if they go and say later that, oh, yeah, the original station was destroyed and then there was this random one floating around. Again, I, no, you can't even do that because he says, oh, the dark side here. You've already written yourself into this hole where it's the only one. So yeah. you can't do that. So yeah, exactly. And like. From from what you were saying earlier, Dan, this doesn't ruin the whole book for me. Like That's this doesn't seem like you were talking like the no, whole no, no. Maxine it station thing was gone. I'm like, what? The Maxine really? Station yeah. Like this ruins the station for me because now I just don't understand, and it seems like it's too powerful to be left alone. That's my big that problem with sense. it. It's just like, why Dan, why is it here for thousands of years or sense. hundreds I, of years? I, now thinking, you've had previous knowledge of this, just like with the dragon everything. Imagine if you hadn't read that or you didn't know that. I read, well, I read it and I knew about it. I just forgot about it. When you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that was my so reaction that, to it. Because you, you had still known about it. If you hadn't known about it before, it would have been like, oh. Yeah, Dick, the question was like, what to do now? 
how, why, like all all of this comes in, and yeah. you, you know, it might be a little selfish. It might be it might be nitpicky a bit, but these are these are things where it's like you can't don't do this. You had the you had the whole opportunity to come up with something. You could have held this on any station. Well, no, you couldn't have, because if this was your whole idea going into it, and that's why they showed the whole Drenger thing and everything like that, is because you knew. You knew you were going here. So, so you, you mm. I just wanted to bring up this this one last point before we move on. The only thing I would say against, not against, but like the only thing I would say is, like, this was planned out because the the volume or the, the series that this was printed in, this comic, was mm. in, like, March 2020, around there. That I is mean, again, during it, the that's time worse. That it's, yeah, it, it can be worse. Right. Yeah, it can't be planned out. It's just the ramifications of it, right? Because right. anytime right. you add something to the universe, it's going to create ripples, whether that's a character or a thing. But the problem but is think, when you add something that powerful, yeah, yeah, those are huge ripples. There's got to right? be a way to cripple it before it gets yeah. to the point in the Kylo Ren series. It's yeah, because that's why we have. Uh, I might mess up the name, so Ed, remind me if I'm I'm not. Or if I do mess up the name, the the mass field generator or shadow field generator, what in yeah. Kotor two? Oh like, yeah, okay, I heard about well, that. Yeah, right. Mass like, shadow generator. Yeah, the mass shadow generator. There, like you learn about that, and then it's oh god, what is this thing? And yeah, Dan, you haven't seen what it does yet, but when you have that, it's well, what happened to it? Oh, okay, obviously it's been removed, right, from the universe because we just can't have something like this, right? Can and you I, ima can you imagine Dan the Death Star floating about? planet killer and you're like oh yeah that, that's a dangerous thing if anybody yeah. has enough diver crystals and can use it we should do something about that oh well we took care of the emperor oh okay just leave it floating yeah, around then leave it till the sequel trilogy then yeah be no, I, I get, I get why, I get why it's frustrating to, to see it come back i mean there are callbacks that i did enjoy in this book one of them being i can't remember if it's des or reith who says it but they reference test of courage because I can't, I, I can't remember if it's Wreath or Des, but one of them, it, when they're about to leave, is saying like, oh man, I really want to get out to the Outer Rim. I really want to see Imri again. And mm, I've heard yeah, Vanessa's yeah. been doing some cool things. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a cool, you know, that's a cool see, little callback. Oh with, God, they don't know what's happening. That's still within yeah. time yeah. period. It's right? still within so, that, it's still happening, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's more neat than I mean, giving big ramifications. Because the other the other callback, I, com I completely forgot until Wreath literally asks about her in the hospital. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Master Joramali. And I was like, yeah, a, a person. And then he go he's like, oh, Master Joramali, uh, have you heard about her? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Jeff, Master Joramali, who heads Starlight Beak. Oh, no, I remember what happened yeah. to you. He dies in the Nihil <laughs> yeah. attack. Awfully. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's the one that was with Skier. And then he goes, yeah, it was yeah. a port of my Master Skier. And I was like, oh, God. No. Yeah. <laughs> and these you have to write that, though, because these all tie in together because he can't go back and then she's there and then she's not. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like I can't believe I never thought about that at the beginning of the book, though. You know yeah, because I mean? they even say in the beginning of the book she's going to be the head of Starlight Beacon. I didn't put that together. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's the reason. Like you, I think it. I didn't expect to have so much discussion on like the Maxine Station after no. that. I knew and it was like, oh yeah, thing. this is cool. No, because I really like this book. No, I know. I just finished talking yeah. about that, right? Which is why it frustrates me, and it was why it frustrates me more that you told me it's in 2020 they wrote this, mm. because you had all the time. The movies are done. They've been yeah. done, right? You had all the thoughts of what you could do. I'd rather that comic just not have been made. 
Because that that would truly leave a Maxine station as a, just a marvel. Maybe yeah, by the and time now we're waiting to see how what would happen to it. But you went and did the self gratifying thing to be like, oh look at what we're gonna tie into the next book. It's mm. like no, don't do that. The yeah, whole Ben and Snoke and their story is done. We don't need to know anymore. Yeah. You guys keep pushing things in because you left things out in the movies fine whatever but don't it's, ruin the new stuff because you're still trying to yeah. fix the old stuff yeah it's the same feeling i had when they mentioned hosni and prime in light of the jedi or it's like no shut up get that yeah. out of here i don't need to hear about hosni and prime i don't think they're the ever going to stop being... with putting sequel trilogy things and stuff sadly no, because sure they're they trying were, to fix it and i think yeah. that's what the nail on the coffin it's canon is and they're sticking to it stop right? trying to fix your broken canon yeah. you know what it is Everybody knows what it is. No matter how much damage control you do, it's already... You've squeezed all the toothpaste out of the container. You cannot scoop <laughs> it back in. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. You can't. It's on the th- It's on the table. Leave a mess of it. Grab your toothbrush and try to grab some of it and then leave <laughs> it. That's it. Do not do anything more yeah. of that. Put in the garbage and just, you know what? Get a new bottle and start again. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought they were doing with this until I realized they're trying to mix that old stuff into this new bottle. <laughs> So no, that's, yeah. that's that's it for me venting. Now I've done that enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, please, I'll, please. I'll this is well, but... this was the book that ha- finally had me. Like Light of the Jedi, I was like, all right, I'm ready to take a step. Mm. And, you know, I can I can never remember the name. Test the courage. It was just kind of like, hey, my foot's still there, but I'm not moving. This had me jump on, mm. and now I've put another foot back. <laughs> and yeah, I still... hate that. I yeah. really hate that because I was all ready to embrace it with both hands. And then this type of thing happens. It's like, please let this be the last one. Just yeah. let it be the last I'm, one. I mean, I'm basically on the same page as Edwards. I'm still down for High Republic. I'm still interested in seeing where it goes, but I'm going to be a little bit more guarded now. Where it's like, oh, this thing might be cool. Or this thing looks cool. Might be sequel trilogy, though. You no, know what we can take away from this book? Hmm? <laughs> Research. Don't know. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> if I had done that, I wouldn't have been this mad. Yeah, even that, be, even uh... still, with you not enjoying that portion of you know the connection there, it still seems it's like still you enjoyed it. It's still a very good book. Yeah, it's still a very good yeah. book. I can, I won't take that away. If I read something I enjoyed, I do. I am giving my full impressions of me not knowing this. Yeah. When we did our summary and when we talked about characters, that's that is why I saved it for the end. Yeah. Because I didn't want that to. It was a big discussion skew. point. <laughs> like yeah, legit, it I, was good. I didn't want it to skew any of the feels either no more i had before but as soon as i read that trust me like we can't go back in this video because you're not it's not being recorded (laughs) but you'd see my face just drop as soon as i read it and it was just like you gotta be kidding me on the bright side you got to hear me and ed's visceral first reactions to learning this and my visceral defense somehow (laughs) which is always something that's required to have that dichotomy so this don't take this as us ganging up on Dan or Dan trying to defend. I'm done with this podcast, it guys. It's all <laughs> yours. In any sort of like heavy discussion or heavy debate like this, you need both sides. You yeah. need somebody to be yeah, on that probably. other side so you can actually have discourse. Because if it's just me here, me and Noma here just ranting, it's, that's all it is. <laughs> just shitting over <laughs> everything. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a discussion. It's not anything. Like that. It's just venting. And be the hope without that keeps this podcast moving. Without any, you have to you still have to look at the points yeah. that Dan brought up because he, he brought up good points, mm-hmm. and then you have to be able to, you know, dissemble that and disassemble, sorry, and try to, you, could, you know, really get to points with that. Too. You could even say we're stuck between a rock and the Drangir a little bit here. Stop trying to bring it back. <laughs> hey Amen. We've been quoting lines from this all over the place. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm so leaning towards that now. 
It's good. I love it. <laughs> really? You don't like the research line? I love that line, man. <laughs> He's just talking about for yeah, but for titles for this. No, me too. Research, don't fuck it. That's true. That's a good one. <laughs> I remember the one thing I couldn't remember before. There's one point I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you guys if they confirmed it or not. Did they confirm mm -hmm. what storm uh, Nan and Hag were from? No, like what cloud? they said, they were separated from their cloud. But oh the cloud God, came another in later. point. This is, this is one of the points I wanted to bring up. Sorry, Dan, I like what you said. And I'm, this is for you especially. You like the Afra spinoff. I would love if they did an Afi and Leox spinoff yeah, like the Afra books. Oh, easily. Mm -hmm. easily. Even if like they a did comic like a or Leox, something yeah, like that, right? Leox and... Mm. Or, you know what it would be? Angeode. Angeode. Like Don't comic. forget them. Yeah, it'd be mm. like the exactly. vessel. And like Geo. Yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to see the Adventures of the Vessel. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be really interesting. And it's just, it's you know, to give you a little bit of a break from all the crazy conflict happening. It's like, yeah. hey, look at these guys, right? Yeah. Um, even, if, even if it turned into something like... You know, eventually we start off with Affy and Leox, and then it expands over time to Affy actually creating her own, you know, her own version of the Bind Guild. Yeah. This this better, bigger shipping yeah. company and yeah. something that kind of, you know, even rolls around to continue on if they say into, you know, the the prequel trilogy. The Geode Guild. Yeah, you know, knows, maybe right? we don't right? we don't know how old he can get. Yeah. So. You mentioned Nan and what cloud was she or what storm was she was with. Imagine now he's already lost the Tempest Runner to nonsense, right? Yeah. How how perfect is the setup for Martian now to have somebody as fervent as Nan and truly believe in what he's doing? Oh yeah. To be one of his Tempest Runners because then you'll get an entire Tempest at that point with that mindset who's hundred yeah. percent behind you and the other two can't do a damn thing other than conform. Oh yeah. Because these guys are so much more crazier. They're not just in it for money. They're in for the ideal that they and will she, slaughter the rest of them. And then it's more of like a infiltrator rather than a, well, a but she's a seller is what I'm yeah. saying. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And, so, and yeah, that's, that's a great point, Ed. Cause I mean, we've got an open spot, right? Cassive bit the dust. Yeah. And, you know, Martian wants to recreate the organization to the him as the leader. So I, granted, I would want there to be one Nan book where, you know, we get to see her rise into her own command and kind of earn that spot on the Tempest. Yeah. But I would absolutely be down yeah, to see her as one of the new Tempest runners. Because like he said, right, this book has a bunch of interesting people who want to know all about them. So it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, what caused her to believe in this so well? You know, yeah. because, you know, her family was murdered by them and then they took her. You know anybody and, else? Then this is just some crazy Stockholm syndrome. And it would it would actually be really cool if if it was like an Affy and Nan book, and we're kind of Ooh, kind of like how the first me? Thrawn book was, and we're seeing well, we're seeing two different perspectives, yeah. like how uh, we have Price and uh, Thrawn in the first Thrawn book. I, I think it's yeah, good, yeah. Be because they've got opposite. And I just kind of realized that they've got kind of opposite reactions to their parents' deaths, right? Mm. With Affy, it shatters all of her confidence completely and kind of, you know, completely switches her priorities and her loyalties. Yeah. But with Nan, it just doubled down and made her more loyal. Exactly. Yeah. And so being able to see that and then plus, yeah, like like you guys were saying, Nan's also clever and smart, as we've seen, right? Yeah. Because of everything that Hag's taught her. Mm -hmm. So then we could get you know, a little bit more of an interesting, she'd be kind of like the mastermind, right? And then we've got kind of Lorna D, who's the kind of specialist. She's a, yeah, the yeah. specialist. I wouldn't be surprised if Nan is part of her Tempest. Yeah, I, I'd love, like I said, I'd love to see her become her own thing. Yeah. But yeah, mm -hmm. I could see her like training under, you know, working but, with Lorna D for a bit. See, and, and we've got the third right? guy who I can't even remember, who's the blunt, yeah. Yeah. just the, the blunt monster. Boy. He's the hammer. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, pretty much because think of that. Like you can still be promoted through any other of them. And I can see Marcia just pulling rank and being like, yeah, Lorna, she's part of yours. But see how scared of you were of me at the last the book? Yeah, I'm just taking her and I'm she's she's a temperature yeah. runner now. Because <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. small, but at that point, if she can pull something off like that, all she has to do is like in one of those big parties, just show what she can do and yep. that's it. She's got hers. Exactly. And you yeah, you could oh. even spin it too, right? Where it goes, look how close she got with one ship. Well, two ships, right? Yeah, one one ship with two people on it, and then one actual cloud. They got so close to giving us something that would have turned the this entire you know that would have ended this war before we even started it. Mm-hmm. So with full, the full resources resources of a tempest, what could she accomplish with that, right? And that would be, I feel like, a great, like a great setup to a book. Yeah, all these possibilities now. You can really you know set up a, a terrifying character who's what like five foot. Yeah, <laughs> and see, this is what I mean. Where this is the perfect opportunity for this book to be another staging point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess. <laughs> Where you can really shoot off in all these different ideas, different writers. We've sat here for maybe two hours now and look at everything that's come out of just a two-hour brainstorm. Mm-hmm. From talking about the original thing to just fan fictioning at this point. Yeah, I can imagine something similar was done. But if if they really really saw how people would react with these characters, because I think they do, um, they've written them really well for that aspect, and we all found some sort of connection. Mm. These books can't be far away from anything. Right? Mm. Like hell, even if I have to write in at this point and be like, "Here's an idea," <laughs> it might not be in this first sequence of what you're doing, but hey, right? I wouldn't be surprised. Get a matter like, "Hey, you want to write that?" No, <laughs> because I'd butcher it. Please give it to EK, whoever yeah. can write this at this way. But like, you know, it's that from that, like you were saying with ripples and everything like that, from the Nihil, from the station, from whatever, that drop of just picture what that, you know, maybe they'll go into secret hiding because she's so clever, like the Sith, where, oh, you know, the storm, can. there's got to be a cloud before the storm or everything like that. So we're going to go into hiding and mm-hmm. Nan shows up sometime after because she's still young and whatever. The, well, no, it's 200 years. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, the Nile can be wiped out maybe. But there's opportunity to show really like Martian goes down. Oh, oh, it was secretly her behind the mask all along for the second. Oh, night. I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting spitball ideas. But it's... There's a, there's I, I, a lot that they've set up for in this series, and I'm excited yeah. to see where everything goes. Exactly. Well, look at book titles, right? We had Into the Dark. Out in July, we're going to have Out of the Shadows, mm. right? Oh, yeah. So it's just like, you know, what could Nan run into Sith this time and talk about everything she's learned about Jedi in this era or whatever from what Wreath told her? Like, that should have some kind of consequence oh, other yeah. than just yeah. the Nihil knowing, because the Nihil have met them in different areas all throughout now. Yeah, and well, plus the fact that she has basically at this point learned how to manipulate Jedi, right? Yeah. Why would you Sith want yeah, to know that? Exactly. Approach them like this. You know, I can teach the rest of the Nihil. Hey, it's the HK-47 routine when he's talking to you in, in KOTOR 2 being like, yeah, just pretend to be an innocent. They will or, you know, threaten innocents and they'll stop what they're doing and they'll try to save them. Yeah. You know, it's starting to learn those those more devious and manipulative tactics that can really work well against the Jedi. But yeah, no, it's it's exciting to see where it'll go from here, right? Because all those teachings would be passed down eventually to Palpatine, right? Yeah. So why not create the perfect time to really instill a lot of that even more so than Bane? Mm-hmm. 
Man, right. that was a fucking great discussion. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Very long one, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, so now let's move into our rankings. So this is going to be our ranking for the third High Republic book that we've read so far. And let's see. Uh, Dan, what do you rate Into the Dark? Into the Dark, I'd say out of, out of all the novels we've read so far, I really enjoyed it. I don't... I'm kind of struggling to put it on number on it, but I think I'm going to give it an eight. I liked Light of the Jedi as an introductory part to the High Republic. Tessa Courage was a fun little, you know, young reader's adventure. This was more visceral, more dark, which was interesting. I think that's what brings it up for me is we get a little bit more conflict in the High Republic. It's not just the Nihil. It's something more. And the Jedi aren't all, you know, just following blindly into the into the universe into the jedi order um there is there is conflict there is people taking the bearish vow there you know there's a lot of discourse like we have here (laughs) and it i think that adds to the story it's not just everything's great everything's awesome it's what is happening here we need to figure out how to deal with this and what are we going to do and that's the question going forward i guess is what are they going to do with the drangir and and the the nihil so i gave it an eight i gave it an eight In, in general i would say there's a lot of things that were mentioned in here you know, Geode really brings it up for me as well, as funny as that is. <laughs> but I think it's just a good little, like, I don't know. It's a chuckle. It's a chuckle of a, a character, and I really enjoyed it. No, that makes sense. And uh, Ed, I see you've got some similar ideas here. Yeah. See, from the start of this High Republic series, you know, I gave Light of Jedi 7, Test of Courage 7, and Into the Dark, I'm giving an 8, because I said it earlier, it was just... You know, this was the one where I could really get into. This was the one where I've fully jumped into, you know. So this was, I couldn't give it anything less because I I, I liked the other ones. I enjoyed this one. So, and again, just based on how we do rankings, like, this is one I would recommend to everybody, regardless of the whole Amaxine station. And that's a point where you can discuss for yourself whether or not it's a problem for you Mm -hmm. but i yeah i truly without that knowledge i truly enjoyed this one and i i'm still gonna read it again i'd listen to it again i think it was amazing um i'd love for this to be another setup like we've had light of the jedi bringing in the galaxy at Mm. at that point in time i'd like for this to be okay so we've we now know that des has gone off to do the vow we know orla has purchased a ship and she's gone off doing her thing. We know, Co- yeah, exactly. We know Comac and and Reef are together now yeah. for their master and apprentice. I'm excited for more stuff to with start, that, right? those two. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. So like, this is another springboard opportunity where you have an opportunity, fresh, everything fresh. Just go and show mm-hmm. us some great stuff. That is what I'm excited for. So it's an eight for now. If this retroactively, if this book turns up to set up three great and amazing stories, I'm bumping it back to the nine I originally wanted to give it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, I'm surprisingly the, the highest ranking, not by a crazy amount, but I'm giving this one an 8.5. Nice. Because yeah, a lot of the reasons that you guys said, I love this. I'm really excited. When I finished Light of the Jedi, I was excited to continue uh, Avar Chris's story and Elzar Man's story. And that was about it. I wasn't super interested in the rest of the Jedi and and Bell, but even with Bell, it's like Loden, I'm, especially for me. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see where they go. Yeah. But the only characters I was really attached to were those. Yeah, I mean, like basically those three out of all. Yeah, yeah out, <laughs> out of all the, the Jedi that that they showed for Into the Dark, I'm curious of all of them, oh, every yeah. one of them. Right? I really want to know what happens to everybody. 
and even the non-Jedi, right? I want to keep following yeah. uh, Leox, yeah. and I want and Affy, and like, I want to see can... their stories too. Um, but yeah, because of all those super interesting characters, and because, like you guys have said, I love the tone. It's, it's a lot. It's darker. It's more suspenseful. And the one thing I really liked about this book is all of the Jedi in this book are flawed, and we didn't really talk about that too much. But they've all got baggage, and they've all got doubts, and that is really interesting to me because that makes them. More, more three-dimensional yeah, exactly yeah. more right. like they're, us right everyone's yeah. flawed no one's perfect yeah they're haunted by their failures and they want to try and get move past them and, and grow and that is just it just made me attach myself to them so much more same thing with ed if retroactively this turns out to have amazing storylines or retroactively they fix the problems i have with the maxine station i'll probably bump this up to a nine because, yeah, I was riveted. I was glued to the light of the Jedi during the last part where they're really going into their Dark their uh, conflict with the Nihil. Mm -hmm. But with Into the Dark, it was as soon as they landed on the station. I was super interested in everything for the first time. I was just super interested with everything that they were doing. And so, yeah, this is definitely my favorite High Republic book so There's... far. And, yeah, I think that about rounds out what we think or in our, you know, all of our ratings for this book. So, with that being said, let's head into the outro. Welcome to the end of this episode of Temple Archives. If you've stuck around this long, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And for next episode, we are going to be jumping all the way to our favorite time period that we definitely weren't just insulting for like half an hour as we go into the sequel trilogy with alphabet squadron book one this will definitely be interesting because that name just yeah squadron yeah. Not sequel trilogy or is it uh, it's in between like original and sequel right it's in yeah that it's, like, year it's like mando timeline i think right yeah, yeah. So, so i would say mando timeline not sequel trilogy come on that's true that, that's less desecrated ground than you know the sequel trilogy not that i'm horrifically biased against it or anything but yeah it'll be interesting I, I mean honestly i've heard good things about alphabet squadron at this point so even though the name still irks me a little bit i'm very <laughs> excited to read this book kind of see some ships that we don't get to see in action too often like e-wings but yeah stay tuned for that hopefully it'll be a, a fun time and if you have any comments or questions or just thoughts on this episode we'd love to hear it we did get a little bit spicy i guess i was gonna say controversial but it's not super controversial but we it's did get kind of spicy with... here we go yeah we got we got some spicy opinions this we might episode. have taken some of uh, leox's spice right before that conversation started hey it's medicinal oh, i wish <laughs> maybe i wouldn't have ranted like that <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah we definitely love to hear your opinions on this and uh ed do you mind telling the viewers how they can get in contact with us if they've got any thoughts questions or queries Absolutely. And if they are in conjunction with everything that we've said so far, feel free. If not, I'll to space with you. But, uh, <laughs> no, not if Geode no. has anything to say about it. <laughs> oh, Geode. The rock that holds us all together. He's the rock all that right. we, we need, the foundation. Yes, and our foundation can be found over at voiceoftheforce.com. If you want to reach us by email, you can email at us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. But in the days of social media, we find that's an easier way. And so we're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us with the handle at voiceforcepod. 
if you retweet or repost our new episode tweets, that helps us out so much. We really appreciate it. And it also lets you know right away that something is out. So please listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Please leave a five-star review. I mean, or not. I guess it's your choice. But, you know, if you want to venture into the dark with us, the only way to do that is with five stars. That way, that golden light of those will keep us well illuminated in there. Oh, yeah. Now, the one thing I want to stress here is because I found out the other day that apparently a lot of people uh, that listen to podcasts think subscribing costs money nowadays due to the, you know, the subscribing culture that we have with all the different subscriptions we have. Subscribing to our podcast and to most podcasts is free. So don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button. You will not be charged any money. It is completely free. And it allows yeah. you to download the episode as soon as it comes out so you can listen to it ASAP. He's not like, I don't really like to pay for things. So like if it's No free, worries, it's Anakin. You can join the dark side and subscribe to the podcast for free. <laughs> and nothing they bad will happen. They didn't have cookies. So it was like... We got podcasts. That's all I can say, Anakin. I mean, okay. it might teach you... The podcast might teach you how to save your loved ones. It could. It might have that ability. <laughs> And with that said, well, yeah, with that being said, <laughs> from all of us here at Voice of the Force, as we slowly lose our minds and make an thank audio you for drama, listening. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>